people in recovery, helping people find recovery. The show today is pre-recorded from July of 2022. America, drowning in information, starving for wisdom. The Kate Daly Show starts now. Digital dementia. This is a real medical term right now. This is the idea that we're outsourcing our brains to our smart devices. We're so reliant on our smartphones that our smartphones are making us stupid. Does that make sense? That, I mean, it's convenient. I don't want I, I to memorize 500 phone numbers, right? Nobody wants to do that. But we've lost the ability to memorize one. Like, if I give you a seven-digit number now, how difficult? Would it be you find that kind of difficult to memorize, like a phone number that you used to do years ago? Yes or yes? Because we've, our, if I take my arm and I put it into a sling for six months, does it stay the same? Would it even grow stronger? It would what? It would atrophy and grow weaker. Same thing with your mental muscles. If you're relying on your phone to keep your schedules, your to-dos, do simple. I went out to dinner with 10 people uh, recently. There was a 10 of us. And three people at the end pulled out their phones to divide the check, the bill, by 10. We've lost the ability to be able to do certain things. And so what, that's where digital dementia is. Smart devices could be extremely convenient, but they could be crippling also. So it could be a balance. piece of wisdom. I love it. Today's show. <laughs> Today's show. Uh, I just hope you, I hope you tune in for all three hours. I really do. Um, because we're going to take a little break from King Fraud a lot and Hormala. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to talk about wisdom and we're going to talk. I'm going to, I have some clips I want to play for you. I'm sure it will spark some conversation um, in this first hour. Then I'm going to take the rest of the show and I just, I want to just blow your mind a little bit today. That's what I want to do today. And we're going to talk about a musician in the 60s. And uh, so it's kind of a lighter fare topic today, uh, away from the headlines, of course, but very intriguing when it comes to exposing, exposing so much that happened along the way. Maybe these pieces you've never put together before. I cannot wait to get to that. It's going to be so fun. Okay. So, um, it, right now I want to play to I want to play for you a series of clips. And these are a series of clips that I found interesting for all kinds of different reasons, okay? And each one I gained a little bit more wisdom from and I thought, okay, why don't I share these with you? Because I I mean, that's what the show is for, right? If we can ever pick up some some glimpses of wisdom, let's do it. And being a Friday, and in the state of Utah, we all have Monday off normally, most of you, um, is a state holiday. And I'm going to be playing um, the Gianna Jessen, uh, she survived an abortion, her testimony is just amazing. And I'm also going to play Walt Heyer, who um, became was a man, became a woman, and then became a man, and tells you how he felt going through all of that and why he decided to become a man again. And that interview with Milty was just so amazing. I'm replaying that on Monday. So, um, and also about uh, uh, the dark underbelly of uh, Disney. So that's Monday. But today, oh man, you are going to relive the 60s like like you never have. So you're going to see some pieces come together that are going to be amazing. Okay. 
Let's start out with this because I thought this this clip was extremely intriguing and this comes from Simon Sinek and you'll recognize immediately what he's talking about is truth for our kids, our teens and even us. Here we go. Can I borrow someone's phone, please? Anyone? Thank you. Okay, there is a subconscious reaction to these devices when we use them. Okay? What if I were to hold my phone while I'm talking to you? I'm not checking it, it's not buzzing, it's not beeping. I'm not even, I'm nothing. I'm just holding it. Do you feel at this moment that you are the most important thing to me right now? No, you do not. Because there is a subconscious reaction we have to the device. When it is out, it makes the people around us feel that they are less important. So when we're walking down the halls in our offices and somebody says, hey boss, can I ask a question? You go, sure, what's on your mind? We've just told them they're not that important. Or we can go, sure, what's on your mind? And if you don't have a pocket, find a shelf, put it on the shelf, come back and say, sure, what's on your mind? When we show up to a meeting or a lunch or a dinner with our colleagues, our clients or our friends or our families, and we put the phone on the table, we have announced to everyone in the room that they are not that important to us. And by the way, putting the phone upside down is not more polite. My favorite one is in the meeting or at a lunch with someone that the phone will ring and the caller ID will pop up and they will go, I'm not gonna get it. Oh, so magnanimous. Oh, I'm lucky to eat with you today they could just put the damn thing away. You can tell how addicted we are. When somebody pulls out their phone when you're with them, how uncomfortable does that make us feel? You're walking down the street with someone, they pull their phone out. We feel stupid, so what do we do? We pull our phones out. We're so addicted, somebody goes to the bathroom when we're at dinner, and what do we have to sit there by ourselves? God forbid we should look around the room for five minutes. We pull our phones out. Meetings. Awful. What do we do when a meeting happens, right? Everybody's sitting waiting for the meeting to start. Bob's running a few minutes late. Bob's here? Okay, start the meeting. Do you know when relationships are built? All that in between time. Thank you very much. Parents have to intervene. We have to stop giving our kids free access to social media and, and phones at young ages. They are not ready for it. Their minds cannot cope with the dopamine. Balance is fine. You can give a kid a phone, but they can't use it in their bedroom. They can't have it at the dinner table. They can't take it to school. They can only have it up to a certain hour, and you take it away. They're children. You can take the phone away. We've got to intervene as parents. But as companies, we now have to deal with the influx of kids that are coming into our companies with addiction. Watch, I see it all the time. Walk through any office. You'll see the older employees have their phones on the sides of their computers as they're working. You'll see the youngest employees have their phones face up in front of their keyboards between their arms as they're working. And this is how they work. And the science is alarming. They did experiments on mice where they, they did the multitasking. They, they changed the, they changed, they put flashing lights to mimic going from the computer to the cell phone, the computer to the cell phone, to the TV. The mice that were exposed to the changing lights, it took them three times longer to solve a maze than the mice that weren't. And the damage was permanent. It didn't improve when they stopped the lights. Wow. Simon Sinek and, uh, oh, the other gentleman, I forgot to write his name down, that last guy. Um, you know, I know you've, I know when you hear that it's resonating with you. I know it has to be because it's resonating with me too. 
I'm a little older. My phone is off to the side today. <laughs> right. But I have seen I have seen young kids who do homework or everything they're doing, even eating dinner, looking at their phone, looking at their phone, looking at their phone. Every three seconds. I've seen kids who sit at the dinner table, can't give their phone up, can't can't just go put it in another room. I've seen people um, talk on the phone through dinner. <laughs> and it's, it's an etiquette thing, but it's also an addiction thing. And I think that's the part we're not getting in America. I think on the surface we go, well, that's an etiquette thing. And so parents, you know, teach your kids to, you know, have the etiquette. Or adults realize that's bad etiquette to have your phone with you all the time. And that conversation trumps the people you're sitting in front of. Okay, but at the same time, are we ever addressing the addiction? And then on top of that, one of the most interesting conversations I've ever had on the air was a couple that came in that had a problem with a porn addiction. And it was the husband having a problem with porn addiction, middle 40s, you know, and a successful guy. And he said on the show, he said, of course, you know, it started with his phone. His phone was with him all the time, all the time, all the time. And, uh, and he said that his porn addiction made it so that he could not love his wife and kids. He said, I looked at them, I felt nothing, nothing, zero, zilch. And he said, I knew I had to get in some sort of rehab to get better. But that addiction is harder to break than heroin. And if you're wondering if your kids have seen porn Ask them when they've seen it, not if they've seen it. They've already seen it. They're just not saying anything. They've all seen it. They've all seen porn. Trust me on this one. And I've, I've had so many therapists on the show that have said that too. Oh, they've seen it. You just have to ask the right questions to get to the right answers, to get to the answers that are real. Because they don't want to break your heart and tell you they've seen it. Just ask them when was the last time. And you'll get a, you'll get a more honest answer from your kids. But our cell phone addictions are absolutely taking over. And I mean taking over. And we're all guilty. We're all guilty. Unless maybe you're older and you're hardly ever using your cell phone. Okay, maybe you're excluded out of this group. But all of us are guilty. And I'm going to name myself too. We're all guilty of that phone taking first, first place in, in everything. And the phone is always with us. And it's always accessible and we're always looking at it, right? Especially if you use it for business. I do, so it's really tough because now I have to make sure that I, I give up the phone. Um, and it's hard to do. But, uh, but I've always said on the show, too, um, we had a rule at our house. You had to give up the phone by 10 o'clock at night um, because, you know, everybody was always getting home late from sports and whatnot. And so 10 o'clock was about the time everybody was kind of winding down and high school and so forth. And so, you know, phones come in my room and they don't have access to phones overnight. And it certainly helped us. So I'm just passing that, that, um, that piece along to you if that helps you. But I have some um, some more interesting clips that I really uh, want to share with you, too. Not more interesting, just interesting on a different level. And Jordan Peterson did a great clip on how to stay sane. How do we stay sane? What happens? What is behind that? How do you, when you socially interact, how do you, how do you stay sane? 
and it's fantastic. And then I'm going to share with you a couple of clips that will really make you think, too. Um, some of my favorites from uh, Dr. Bruce Lipton because they were eye-opening and things that I hadn't thought before at the time that I heard them. Since I've done more research than now, I, I'm well acquainted with them. But boy, when I first heard them, it was... It was, uh, it just, I like a show where if we can, if we can get to the point where we're having aha moments and we're thinking more about things and we understand things more, isn't that, isn't that the best? It's better than just griping. I don't want to gripe today about, about King Fraud a lot and what he's doing. I don't care what he's doing. Today I care about, about having aha moments where we can learn something. That's, that's important to me today. So we're going to learn something today um, in this, and I'll be right back. And I can't wait to get your feedback, too. If you have feedback, call up 888-673-1450. If you want to chime in, be right back on The Kate Daly Show. James over here at Garage Doors Only. We specialize in garage doors. Do you really want the same guy that sells you paint or glass working on your garage door? Or do you want the same folks that sell sod, block walls, and lumber installing your garage door? Call Garage Doors Only. That's all we specialize in. We will take the time to show you some options, accessories, and we also have lifetime warranties available on repairs or replacements. We also love to work with owner builders to select a perfect match for your door style and budget. Come see us at 689 North Bluff Street, where garage doors is what we do. Canyon Media and St. George News remind you to shop local Southern Utah. Now, more than ever, it's important to shop local whenever and wherever possible. Local retailers and their employees are facing uncertain times. And by you shopping local, it's an excellent way to support and strengthen our local communities. If we all come together and shop local, this helps our local economy become more resilient and stronger than ever. Shop local Southern Utah. Brought to you by Canyon Media and St. George News. At the Best Mattress Black Friday Sale, our biggest sale of the year, all Tempur-Pedic mattresses are on sale, every one of them. Hi, I'm Dave Mizrahi, owner of Best Mattress. Save up to $500 on Tempur-Pedic adjustable sets. And it gets better. You'll get two Tempur-Pedic pillows with the purchase of any Tempur-Pedic mattress. We've got a large in-stock selection plus 72 months no interest financing, quick home delivery, and our 120-day satisfaction guarantee. Best mattress. Sleep easy, friend. See store for details. Wow. So this is the dream house you've been telling me about with the two master bathrooms. <laughs> Where'd you find out about it? LivingStGeorge.com, the one I've been telling you about all week. <laughs> they have every local house for sale, backed up by pros that live and work right here in our neighborhoods. <laughs> so I saw this home. I fell in love. Should I be jealous? LivingStGeorge.com referred me to an agent that made sure we paid a fair price and smoothed out the buying process. So we get the home of our dreams. Aw, a home you want at the price we're willing to pay. <laughs> I guess it is time for me to check out livingstgeorge.com. You were right. I'm sorry, what was that? You were right. Copper Rock, home of the LPGA Epson Tour, wishes everyone a Merry Christmas. Nestled in the Valley of Hurricane Hills, featuring stunning views of Zion National Park and voted Best of Southern Utah number one golf course two years running. Book your tee time at copperrock.com, where you can also find Copper Rock daily deals, special rates this holiday season. Copper Rock is looking for the final volunteer signups for the LPGA Epson Tour event of 2023. Please go online to copperrockchampionship.com to find out more details and to sign up for your special Hey, it's time, you know, time to change the irrigation clock. Like right now. Now. Most landscapes are dormant in the winter and they can survive on one irrigation day a week or less. 
So dial it back and clock on, Washington County. To learn more, visit WCWCD.org right now. That's WCWCD.org and clock on, Washington County. I have a secret to share with you. It's Greg from the three-time Best of Southern Utah award-winning Gold Ore Store. Recently, a mega-rich Texas billionaire decided to buy $50 million worth of silver coins. And over half the funds are buying U.S. Treasury-minted American Silver Eagles, which equals 900,000 coins. And this is just the beginning, folks. Word is the next purchase will be a half a billion dollars. This huge purchase volume has already put tremendous pressure against the entire precious metals industry. As here's the secret, folks, several of the major private mints actually produce the coin planches used to make the Silver Eagles. It figures the government creates nothing but discord and huge mountains of debt. Buy silver now before the billionaires literally steal it out from underneath all of us. Gold Ore Store, your trusted partner in all things precious metal. We buy and sell gold, silver, and so much more. Gold Ore Store, 435-703-9119. That's 435-703-9119. It always happens at the worst times. While spending time with friends, shopping, playing with the kids, working out, or simply when sharing a good laugh. But constantly searching for a bathroom is no laughing matter. Urinary incontinence is a medical issue. It can cause depression and isolation and a lack of confidence. At Prolong Medical, they have a solution that can treat urinary incontinence. It's simple, painless, and effective, and only requires sitting fully clothed in a custom-designed chair for 30 minutes twice a week for as few as six sessions. Ladies, this really works, and it only takes 30 minutes twice a week. Our patients at Prolong Medical Center are happy. They have their confidence restored and their best moments back. Call 435-375-5000. That's 435-375-5000. Or visit ProlongMedical.com today to find out more. The show today is pre-recorded from July of 2022. are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the King Daly Show. That is the frames lay me down live in uh, Ireland. And uh, welcome back. Of course, get over to <laughs> Garage Doors Only. You know I love those guys. I always like patriots. I always like people that run a good business and uh, run a great business. And... Um, and they, everybody knows that because that's all they exude is just great business, great customer service, and they will do the job like no other. Get over to Garage Doors Only if you need a garage door. 
don't hesitate. Just get over to Garage Doors Only. They're on Bluff Street. And uh, the number is 435-868-1200. I didn't remember that the other day. 435-868-1200. And you have to dial the 435, okay? And really appreciate you doing that. Um, they'll, they'll appreciate it, too, because small businesses are so important to uh, support. And then also, same thing with Beehive Rental. The best equipment, the best prices, the best customer service, hands down, over any rental company. They have it all. They have it all. So give them a call first before you, you know, think about doing a project. Give them a call first. They have great rates. Beehive Rental. Um, hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. Hi, Kate. Mike. Hey. Great topic. Thanks. You know, um, it's it's real, and we're all dealing with it. I mean, I don't know about These are the topics where it touches everyone's life right now, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, I was in college in the 80s, and I had this conversation with some of my friends, you know, that are, I guess, my peers, same age type people. Mm-hmm. And I always say, we're, we're basically the last generation of people that are, are still in touch with actual, real human communication. Yeah. Because I think, and this might be out on a limb, but I think that this just this raging river of phone use and messaging and everything like that, I think it's part of the dehumanization process that's going on in a macro way. Okay? Yeah. Um, because there's nothing like, okay, see, I'm, I'm calling in, I'm not messaging in, right. and you can hear that we, we can hear the tone, right. uh, everything else that's going on with our conversations. And so phone's great having a phone conversation, but it can be a struggle having mm-hmm. that, having people do that. Everybody You're wants right. to text. You're right. You're right. And I've fallen yeah. into a habit where I hate talking on the phone now. I hate it. I just rather text and it's terrible. <laughs> it really, I'm outing myself. It's well, really tough. Right. It, 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 it takes effort. I mean, it's kind of like being in a marriage. You got to work at it. You, yeah. you got to work it. Um, so at, true. Uh, at having a real conversation, even better is having, you know, meeting someone for, mm-hmm. for coffee or lunch or whatever and having a real conversation. We've got to be aware of that. And especially, right. I think, us in the truth and liberty seeking um, uh, movement, mm-hmm. we've got to keep things authentic and real and stay 100% yes. human. That's the point I want to make. This is a great segue into my next clip. I love that you just said that, Mike. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thanks. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Jordan Peterson, How to Stay Sane. Now, really listen to what he's about to say because you're going to gleam some wisdom off of this. Jordan Peterson, How to Stay Sane. You need structure, you need predictability, and you need more of it than you think, just to keep you sane. Now, if you're lucky, and and maybe a bit odd, you can deviate 5% from the norm, or 10% from the norm, or something like that, carefully and cautiously, as long as the rest of you is all well-ordered in a normative manner. You might be able to get away with that, and you might be able to sustain it across time, and people might be able to tolerate you if you do it, or maybe you'll get really lucky and you happen to be creative, but reasonably well put together and people will actually be happy that there's something idiosyncratic and unique about you but even under those circumstances mostly what you want is to 
have a routine that's disciplined, that's predictable, and bloody well stick to it. You're going to be way healthier and happier and saner if you do that. And then the other thing that you need, because this is one of the things the psychoanalysts got wrong, I think, is that they overestimated the degree to which sanity was a consequence of internal, of being properly structured internally, you know. Something that you're saying as a fully functional and autonomous human being isn't because you've organized your psyche, even though that's important. The reason that you're saying if you're a we- if you have a well-organized unconscious and ego is because other people can tolerate having you around for reasonably extensive periods of time and will cuff you across the back of the head every time you do something so stupid that people will dislike you permanently if you continue. And so what people are doing to each other all the time just non-stop is broadcasting sanity signals back and forth, right? It's like you smile at people if they're well, if they're not, not only behaving properly, but behaving in a way that you would like to see them continue to behave. You frown at them if they're not, you ignore them if they're not, you shun them, you, you roll your eyes at them, you manifest a disgust face, you don't listen to them, you interrupt them, you won't cooperate with them, you won't compete with them. It's like you're blasting signals at other people about how to regulate their behavior so frequently, well, it just makes up all of your social interaction. That's why we face each other, and we have emotional displays on our face, and we're looking at each other's eyes, and we know exactly, we know as much as we can about what's going on with each other, given that we don't have immediate access to the contents of their consciousness. And so, partly what you're doing with your routine is establishing yourself as a credible, reliable, trustworthy, potentially interesting human being who isn't going to do anything too erratic at any moment and everyone else is around there tapping you into shape, making sure that that's exactly what you are. And that's how you stay sane. And so what happens to people too if they don't have a routine and they get isolated is they start to drift. And they drift badly because the world is too complicated for you to keep it organized all by yourself. You just cannot do it. So a lot of our... So we outsource the problem of sanity. And it's very intelligent that we outsource the problem of sanity because... Sanity is an impossibly complex problem. And so the way that we manage the incredibly complex problem is we have a very large number of brains working simultaneously on the problem all the time. It's like a stock market for sanity. And it's partly, and I use that, I use that definition with purpose because the stock market does the same kind of impossible thing, right? Because it tries to price things, which is impossible. There's a, how many things are there? Like a billion. How in the world do you decide what the price is? You can't decide what the price is. That's why you have a stock market. Well, in a free market, I mean for, for consumer goods. is Everyone's voting on what the price of everything is all the time, and that's the way we figure it out, because it's actually, it's technically impossible. In Alice in Wonderland, when Alice goes down the rabbit hole, that's the underworld, right? So now she's gone into the substructure of being. And she meets the Red Queen, and the Red Queen is Mother Nature. And Mother Nature is running around yelling, off with her heads, off with her heads, which is, of course, what Mother Nature does. And she tells Alice, in my kingdom, you have to run as fast as you can just to stay in the same place. And that's exactly right, and that's a description of... In fact, evolutionary biologists and psychologists have picked up on that phrase. They call it the Red Queen problem. And the Red Queen problem is... Everything's after you all the time, and you're not smart enough to do anything about it, or enough about it. 
So you're taught a lot of things that you need to know, but mostly what you're taught is how to communicate with other people in an acceptable manner. And then once you can communicate with people in an acceptable manner, then you can outsource your problems constantly, which you're doing constantly. And so we're in this continual dynamic exchange of problem solving. So if you're a socialized person, that's what you get access to. The, pur the purpose of being a parent for very young children is to make your children exceptionally socially desirable by the age of four. Because if you can do that, they're set. Because everyone wants them around. And as soon as everybody wants them around, they want to play with them, they want to cooperate with them, they want to compete with them. It's like the door's open, the door's open, and they stay sane because they've got all sorts of people who actually like them, that are helping them out. And so that's your goal, is to make them as socially acceptable as you possibly can, as socially desirable as you possibly can. That was Jordan Peterson, How to Stay Sane. Really interesting points. Do you agree? Because think about a couple of things here. The age of four, yes, I totally agree with that. It's the parent's job to parent. And then when they say it takes a village, we know it really doesn't take it, The village isn't parenting. The village is helping just to modify, <laughs> you know, um, and they kind of shoot out feelings and, and thoughts as, you know, they're looking at this child and maybe hoping that he was better trained or maybe hoping, you know what I mean? But it's the parent's job to do that parenting. And that's what the leftists miss. The other thing I was thinking about was how important it is to go to city council meetings and not let city council meetings run, run amok. Because these councils, even around here, are running amok with a liberal, very liberal controlling point of view and when they're allowed to do that without the public going in with their faces telling them no you cannot do this it doesn't help them to rein that in and so the more we leave them on their own to do this the worse our cities get because the propensity to control is there with the power. So if, this, if the people don't go and show faces and boo and say no and say absolutely not and speak very sternly into a microphone and there's no pushback, they get even worse and worse and worse. And that's what we've seen with, with John Pike at the helm. And this is what we're seeing with Michelle Randall at the helm. And this is what we're seeing at the county commissioners. They're getting worse and worse and worse and people aren't pushing back enough. But they need that so that they get those social cues and messages to rein it in. Um, the other thing I thought about were masks. And they wanted everybody to stay in their home and not be around anybody. And they wanted the elderly to be alone for months and months and months. And it was criminal. The hospitals did that to them, too. It was criminal of the hospitals. Shame on the hospitals. If I was a hospital worker, I'd be so ashamed for having done that to an elderly person and making sure they were alone and no one could come in the room to talk to them because of a germ that they were afraid of. I mean, I find personnel at the hospital despicable, but that's one of the reasons why is, uh, is that, that controlling mechanism to make sure people were alone. What happens when you're alone too much? Like he said, he said, talk about going insane because you're not getting that interaction and we have to have the interaction. We have to have it. And then what did they want? Uh, quarantining, masks, stay away from each other, stay apart from each other, don't talk to each other. You want to drive a society crazy? Do that to them again and again and again under false pretense without truth. Well, I mean, look what happens. You do that to the elderly, they, they give up the um, hope for life. They, they give up. And those are the people we need to glean wisdom off of. 
And those are the people we need to be interacting with because they have the wisdom of the years. And what were we taught to do? Basically put them in a hole and ignore them. It's worse than a, it's worse than a concentration camp. You're sticking them alone, 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 every day, day in, day out. Shame on all those workers of the convalescent hospitals. Shame on you. Shame on you for making that happen. They would rather have 10 minutes with somebody than to have had no time with anyone and longer time on earth. They would have rather had a shorter time being socially involved with their family and their families wanted to see them. Please, let's never let that happen again. Be right back on the Kate Daly Show. Caring for an elder family member can be worrisome and overwhelming. You want your loved ones to receive personalized care. Ovation Sienna Hills is the answer. They don't sacrifice anything in their assisted living and memory care communities. Mom and dad can stay in assisted living, left incapable and caring hands. Call Ovation Sienna Hills to schedule your private tour today. 435-429-0000. Ovation Sienna Hills, enhancing the life of every person they serve. Hi, Greg from the three-time award-winning world-famous Gold Ore Store. I have a major precious metals buyer's alert. Attention Southern Utah and Mesquite, Nevada residents. A Texas billionaire has made a huge silver coin purchase that is putting tremendous pressure on the entire physical silver delivery supply chain. Because a vendor involved cannot source 900,000 silver eagles, we will experience exponential price increases. It is literally happening as I speak. Our insider informant has told us to make sure that our clientele makes their planned purchases immediately to secure not only the lowest price but to be able to secure the actual physical silver bullion get your money out of the failed u.s dollar and into silver now this is the most serious silver supply chain issue that has hit the market since covid19 call gold or store now 435-703-9119 that's 435-703-9119 435-703-9119 Hey, it's James over here at Garage Doors Only. We specialize in garage doors. Do you really want the same guy that sells you paint or glass working on your garage door? Or do you want the same folks that sell sod, block walls, and lumber installing your garage door? Call Garage Doors Only. That's all we specialize in. We will take the time to show you some options, accessories, and we also have lifetime warranties available on repairs or replacements. We also love to work with owner builders to select a perfect match for your door style and budget. Come see us at 689 North Bluff Street, where garage doors is what we do. Canyon Media and St. George News remind you to shop local Southern Utah. Now, more than ever, it's important to shop local whenever and wherever possible. Local retailers and their employees are facing uncertain times. And by you shopping local, it's an excellent way to support and strengthen our local communities. If we all come together and shop local, this helps our local economy become more resilient and stronger than ever. Shop local Southern Utah. Brought to you by Canyon Media and St. George News. Lionsgate Recovery, a drug and alcohol rehab facility, is honored to be voted the gold winner of 2022 Best of Southern Utah, now three years in a row. Lionsgate has helped hundreds of people by dedicating their lives to overcoming the cycle of addiction and discovering the freedom of recovery. With locations in St. George, Tokerville, Cedar City, and Parowan, call their 24-hour hotline if you need help at 866-471-9476 or go to lionsgaterehab.com. Lionsgate, people in recovery, helping people find recovery. We thought about hiring one of those company spokesmen to get on the radio and tell you about how this will change your life and call today for a once in a lifetime opportunity. But is that really what you want? 
Don't you just want answers to the things that are troubling you and for those answers to actually be true? People laughed when we told them 53 seconds could change your life. Let me be more clear. The change in your life, it's going to take some time. If someone tells you they can do it in a day, I would be very suspicious. However, calling us is the first step to dealing with stress, depression, unsatisfied relationships, confidence issues, and many of the other effects of ED. And it actually does take less than 53 seconds to get an appointment. So stop waiting. Stop beating yourself up. Stop worrying about it being too good to be true. Is there a chance it might not work? Yes, but only 15%, which means there's an 85% chance your life will really change. 85%. Think about that. Call Prolong Medical Center in St. George at 375 5000 375 5,000. Are you tired of high gas prices and feeling like you have a double car payment every time you fill up? Let Finley Volkswagen help you get into a new Volkswagen that will relieve your wallet and not leave you feeling broke at the pump. New Jetta's up to over 40 miles per gallon. How about the SUV Taos gets up to 36 miles per gallon? Come see the entire lineup of SUVs and cars at Volkswagen that are loaded with technology and will relieve that I'm broke at the gas pump feeling today. Finley Volkswagen will help you make the smart choice to start saving today. See us today at Finley Volkswagen on the saving side of the freeway. Visit us at St. George Small cell lung cancer can affect anyone, not only smokers. The good news is early lung cancer screenings can detect small cell lung cancer before it spreads when the disease is most treatable. Join Stand Up to Cancer and Jazz Pharmaceuticals to raise awareness of small cell lung cancer and accelerate the pace of research. Ask your healthcare provider about screening options that might be right for you or a loved one. Visit standuptocancer.org slash lung to learn more. The show today is pre-recorded from July of Anyway, welcome back. You know how eclectic I am. <laughs> you know, next I'll play 16 tons. You know what I mean? Like, I know I'm eclectic and weird, but I just like all kinds of music. Um, so, welcome back to the show, and uh, glad you're joining me. Get over to Dr. Diet. They've got a wonderful doctor over there, and uh, they can give you all kinds of tools and make that weight loss finally happen for you. Because sometimes we just do the wrong diet for our body. Sometimes we just don't know how to stay on um, a good eating plan and have that accountability work for us, because that's really the key is accountability. Let's let's be honest. Get over to Dr. Diet and help. let them help you get that done finally and get it done quickly. Uh, they're so good over there. Uh, six two eight diet is the phone number. Six two eight diet is the phone number, and uh, they're on uh, St. George Boulevard, and you'll love them. 
They're fantastic people. Got a lot of tools at their disposal. So off the hook show today. It's going to be. I. I. We're going to. We're going to relive the '60s, and we're going to fill in a lot of gaps of, and maybe some questions you had, and a lot of holes. And we're going to go far down the rabbit hole. It's going to be fun in the next two hours. I also um, uh, just want to say, you guys know how I feel about county commissioners and what's going on with this election you really really need to support and it's not about the candidates i want to make that very very clear it's not about willie or joe in that race it's about the fact that there are two glaring huge things that you have to look at you have to look at the fact there was a sample done and Willie won by 60%. He wasn't down by 3% or won at 60% of the vote. He wasn't down by 3%. Okay. And so that's an, that's not an anomaly. That is, that's a tell. Okay. And then also the fact that we had 50% voting, which we've never had in history before, ever, not even close, not even in the same ballpark. So you must, they have a duty to, a duty to you to look at that. Because if we're ever going to stop fraud, it's going to be, we're not going to ignore these things. And they're ignoring them right now. Shame on them. And you need to tell them shame on them for ignoring these these things that are right in front of their face. So please uh, call the offices. Call Susan Lewis. Call the commissioners. Email the commissioners. Just go to Washington County, Utah, the uh, homepage for the county. You'll find uh, the um, attorney, county attorney, deputy attorney, and make sure they know how you feel. It's disgraceful how they're how they're treating this. And uh, in the face of a, a nation that is obviously, we know there's a lot of election fraud happening, um, that uh, they ignore you and act like it's not happening. It's not fair to you, the taxpayer. And they work for you. And don't let them forget it. They've got egos the size of houses. I'll say it because no one else will. They've got egos the size of houses. Let them know. They, they are not just going to tell you that they're going to ignore it. It's not right. Um, and uh, I also want to play a couple of clips for you, and I hope you enjoyed that um, Jordan Peterson clip because it kind of, it'll stick with you today. You'll kind of think about that. We send all of these cues to people, and, and it like pings coming back and forth on social cues and how necessary that is. It can also work to a disadvantage, too, as like the collective. You know, we get in a collective mindset, too. But here was the other thing I was thinking about, too. How, when, when people say, why do we meet so often? Why, why do we have meetings? and speakers and all of these events where we get together. Why do we do that? So that you can know that you're not crazy when you're watching all the lies and the news and you're like, am I the only one? And then you can go to an event with 200, 400, 600, 1,000 people and you're like, oh, okay. So everyone else is thinking this too. All right, we're, we're getting somewhere. We need that as a society. We need that as a force to be reckoned with because as, a, as, as just a single person always on your own, it's hard to affect anything or feel like, am I on the right track here? I mean, I'm looking at all these things and this is how I'm feeling inside our other people too. And it really is good to meet often. It really is. And in a lot of ways, I don't care if it's church or, or whatever the case is. I know there are people out there that go, I'm against organized religion. I'm not going to church. Um, I'm sorry, but that's where you that's where you get together with like minded people and you discuss things and you have aha moments and you get spiritually fed because you have to go through another week. It's a good thing. It's a good thing to get together. You know, people are so funny about that. Um, Okay, so here is my clip from um, 
Bruce Lipton, uh, Dr. Bruce Lipton on tonsils, because this was an aha moment for me as a mom, and I never put this, these two things together, and so I'm going to play this for you. It's about three minutes. Here we go. This is perhaps one of the biggest misunderstandings of, uh, of science that is causing one of the bigger problems. And this misunderstanding is this, the idea of vaccination. I say, what's the idea of vaccination? Well, I'm going to inject into you some foreign stuff, and your immune system is now going to uh, create a response and have a memory to fight that foreign thing. Say, how'd you put that vaccine? I said, well, I used a needle and I injected it in there. I said, you have just bypassed one of the most intelligent organisms in the entire planet, not us, our body. There's more intelligence in our cells than we have because our cells can do things that we can't even manifest in our, in our you know, technological world. I go, here's one of the biggest problems that I want to address and I need people to understand it, and that is this. We already have a very functional uh, mechanism for vaccination before doctors were here. People have been vaccinated for years before medicine. What do you mean vaccinated? And here's the point. There's a total misunderstanding of what is a tonsil. If you read the conventional book, a tonsil is protection. I say, protection from what? Well, all the openings in the head, mouth, nose, ears, eyes, uh, all connect to the throat. So anything that can come in from the outside environment has to pass through the throat, and that's where the tonsils are. I say, yeah, they're there for protection, says the book. I said, wait a minute. The throat has the thickest lining of the entire digestive tract, the thickest skin. I say, why is it relevant? If there was ever going to be an infection in the digestive tract, the last place in the entire world that would occur would be in the throat. Why? It's so thick, it will reject it. I go, so number one, so why are the tonsils here? Because this is not where the infections occur. And the answer is tonsils have channels open to the throat. Why the hell do they want to do that? Because they invite the damn antigens into the tonsil where learning occurs. What's the point? A tonsil is nature's natural vaccination mechanism. This is why infants will stick everything in their grasp into their mouth. It's an instinct. Why? Because that's how the immune system samples the world. And so the idea is I'm not against vaccinations, but only if the vaccination is oral because then it uses the intelligence of the system. If you put that needle, inject a bolus of junk into the system, it would be like you're living in a community and all of a sudden there was this big death explosion going on. You're going, what the hell is going on here? Nobody saw it coming. Nobody knew where it came from. Nobody knew how it got there. I go, that's the immune system's issue when you inject a vaccine. Where the hell did that come from? Because I have sentries all over the place that are looking. And when this just popped in there in the middle of nowhere, you have confused the entire immune system. And so what the hell is this? It showed up. And I say, violation of the intelligence of the system. You want to vaccinate? Oral vaccines. Because that is our intelligence system. And so uh, this really becomes important because I'm not against vaccines. I'm against vaccines that don't use the normal pathway of tonsil learning centers and bypass this with the idea we are smarter than the immune system. No, we are messing with the immune system, which is more intelligent than we are, and we're still trying to catch up. Wow. Right? Did you know that? Very interesting piece of information. 
I actually am now against vaccines. Now that I can see big picture what they were trying to do with the whole program, now that I know more about polio and how um, it wasn't that much of a threat to us. And um, so I disagree with him at the end. But is that, isn't that a phenomenal piece of information? We're messing with the immune system. All those shots and those little kids, all those babies, we're messing with them. We're screwing it up. And now we're doing it from the start of their life. And there's over 90 shots they get now. <sighs> That's insanity through their lifetime. That's insanity. I only had like seven or eight my lifetime when I was young. Never as an adult. I won't even do a flu shot. Okay? So, um, no thank you. And um, don't do any shots after 2017 because the regulations came off, said Judy Mikovits, and there's like a, a mysomatic of disease in a lot of them that kind of hides in the cell until it's provoked. So, just so you know. But isn't that tonsil idea crazy? He says we have three sets of tonsils, um, one visible, and, uh, and that, that is the entire brain of the immune system right there, and that's why the kids put things in their mouths. Very fascinating. Okay, here is Dr. Batar on pregnancy. This is a really interesting, very, very quick clip on this. Rejection. Why does a fetus, why does a body say, okay, it's okay for the fetus to grow, and at some point there's a critical change, and then it rejects the fetus, and, and that's when birth takes place, versus a cancer where it's saying, oh, I'm, I'm a fetus, I'm here, I'm, I'm, I'm mimicking a fetus. The cancer is mimicking the fetus, and that's the immune system says, okay, there's no reason for me to go after this. How do I turn that back on? And that's exactly our philosophy. That's exactly where our focus has been on. We're able to retrain or re-help the body identify the cancer is being formed, as opposed to something that is okay to be left alone and allowed to grow why is there a cancer and we want to blame it on genetics and we say oh the cancer cell had stupid genes and and then and then we say good all i have to do is remove the stupid cells and i will be healthy again i don't know the cause was never a gene in the cancer cell and i say why is it relevant because you can remove all the cancer cells you want but you didn't affect the cause of the That's cancer exactly right which has to do with the uh the, the harmony within the system the seven toxicities actually and so you want to cure cancer killing the cancer cells is that's the symptom that's not the problem that's exactly right the problem is what initiated the cancer and that was an imbalance at any end of the six or seven things you listed in the beginning and if we understood that then the whole cancer treatment thing would go completely the other way around because it's not effective because if you keep focusing on the symptom you never can get to the cause of what the cancer is all about and then you kill all the healthy cells isn't that what chemo does you're putting poison in your body. Really interesting stuff. That was Dr. Batar and Dr. Bruce Lipton talking. When you hear from really good doctors, doesn't a little truth alarm go off in your mind and you go, oh, things make sense now. Oh, okay. So pregnancy goes for nine months and the body doesn't discard it naturally as a foreign entity. Why is that? You know what I mean? And then at nine months, it's ready to let that go. Why, why then? And why is it like clockwork like that for most people? I mean, there's some interesting things we don't talk about, right? And then, of course, with the cancer, um, we never go after the cause. We're going after the cells. Medicine is surely screwed up. 
It really is. And Dr. Batar has a great piece. I don't have time to play it, but he has a great piece on doctors are great memorizers, and that's how they get through med school now. And I'm not diminishing completely <laughs> what they know, because sometimes we'll rely on good doctors, right? But they are typically good memorizers, right? And it's the art of assumption rather than kind of understanding health. I wish more understood health. I would have respected doctors a lot more in this last two and a half years if I would have ever heard from them. Take vitamin C, D, and zinc, go outside, get some sunshine, and um, get your natural immunity up. If I would have ever heard that from one doctor I spoke to, I would have cheered. I would have given them respect. But the doctors I had to deal with get no respect. They actually told me the opposite. The vitamins um, did nothing (laughs) for my husband. Really? (laughs) But he's walking out of here and no one else is? Really? So um, that's where I stand. But I just rely on good doctors. And there's a lot of really good doctors. Um, Not a lot, but there's a handful of really, really good ones that know their stuff. And that's who I rely on. And I'm so grateful for them. I really am grateful for them to be in my world. So... um, that's when I respect medicine is when they get back to health. Okay, so we're going to enter into the world of the 60s, and I'm going to help fill in a lot of things that might be just huge aha moments for you. And I mean big. This is going down the rabbit hole deep. I think you'll enjoy this. Be right back on the Kate Daly Show. the holidays all about sharing balance of nature normal talk show once worst two minutes of our lives the kate daly show starts now gloria at the festival you worked for the independent research service that's right well exactly when did your own association with the cia start and in what fashion did they come to you or did you go to them in 1958, when I came home from, from India, I discussed with student leaders, past and present, uh, many of them active with the National Student Association, uh, this kind of small foundation to encourage Americans to go. They thought it was a good idea, too. A particular points of view to put forward, which would have been much, much more restricting than, than uh, the CIA funds were, which were free. I mean, no one was told what to say. You mean they were free? You mean to say it was easier for you to work for the CIA than a private That's right. That's right. And, and the, the reason I think that comes as a surprise, as it did to me at the time. I mean, I had the conventional liberals view of the CIA as a right-wing incendiary group. And I was amazed to discover that this was far from the case. You have not been working now uh, uh, 
for the CIA since 1962. Mm. Uh, you still criticize. Uh, you were down oh, recently yes. in Washington. <laughs> yes, when the when the story broke that I had once been that I had for four years been a Central Intelligence agent, I was demonstrating outside the Pentagon underneath Mr. McNamara's office against bombing in Vietnam, and uh, this didn't precisely fit with the image of a CIA agent. But then, neither does the CIA. Why do you still do it? Why are you still out here? Well, it goes back to the destiny thing. I made a bargain with it, you know, a long time ago, and I'm holding up my hand. What was your bargain? To get where um, I am now. So, should I ask who you made the bargain with? <laughs> with, 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 you know, with the chief, uh, chief commander. On this earth? <laughs> and on this earth, and then, uh, and then in a world we can't see. Welcome. Long clip, I know. That was Gloria Steinem admitting to her early CIA days that made her visible. So she only did have to work under their contract for, you know, so many years to get to the point where she was visible. And um, once CIA, always CIA. Keep that in mind. And then also, so that was the women's movement, right? Women's liberation movement. And then that was Bob Dylan. And uh, creepy, creepy, creepy. I, I hope today's show, we're going to really take the rest of the show and we're going to delve into the 60s. And I want to dot some I's and cross some T's on some things that maybe you haven't made these connections on that it's going to go far down the rabbit hole. Now, I've done shows on Laurel Canyon, okay? And on the Laurel Canyon show, um, I focused on David Crosby and Jim Morrison and some different people that suddenly cropped up in the 60s. And I mean suddenly. Everybody cropped up in the 60s and everything changed more drastically in that one decade than um, we've ever had in the history of America. Okay, the dress, the values, the um, I mean, everything, the music, everything completely changed. We've never changed that fast. Usually it's a slower segue into change. Look at all the previous decades. Never like the 60s. But here's the deal. Today, I want some brilliant aha moments and some just putting the big picture together. This might surprise you. The show might surprise you today. Um, I will be talking about Bob Dylan. Now, when I first played that clip, I remember I had somebody in the audience reach out and they were so angry. We're never going to listen to me again because I played that clip of Bob Dylan. And they said Bob Dylan was a born again Christian. If that happened, it didn't happen until later in life. And um, I, I don't think that's what he was talking about in that clip on 60 Minutes. But, but, but let me tell you why, because I'm going to get to some clips that's going to explain why. Why I feel this way. Why I think this way. And a lot of credit is going to go to uh, Miles Mathis on his brilliant piece. Because I've done a lot of research on this from a lot of various authors. Dave McGowan. I mean, you name it. I've been reading it. Because this fascinates me to no end. But I'm going to bring up some things that maybe you don't know. So here we go. Let's start. So in 2012... I don't know if you remember this, but Bob Dylan was given a medal by President Obama. He accepted it with this grin, right? And and Dylan, um, that we were sold in the 60s, when everybody thinks about the 1960s, one of the very first names to come up is Bob Dylan. 
Oh, Dylan. You know what I mean? And and people will attribute them going to um, Laurel Canyon, to L.A., um, into the music scene in the 60s because of Dylan. Dylan inspired him. The music of Dylan, right? You've heard this over and over and over again in the media. Okay? And from media. And so the 60s in the, the Dylan in the 60s would never have sat there getting a medal because he was more of a rebel, right? A medal by President Obama. It's a very telling moment. And you will probably say, well, he got old and, <laughs> you know, is now catering to this to this bunch um, of people that do the honors and awards, you know, to the new world order, go the victors, right? Those are the ones that get the awards. If you have crappy journalism, they'll get awards from the AP. I mean, so forth, you know, it's, it's the people that get the awards are usually the people that are the scumbags in life. Okay. Drawing our culture and everything else downward. So is he the same person he always was? Or what did he start out as? Joan Baez, you can, the same can be said of her. Um, She's, you know, Obama supporter. They usually always are supporters of the left. And she kept up that fake liberal facade. I think for a lot of them, it, it could be a little bit of a facade because they have to to get along in that world. Maybe they have to agree to it. And so was he hired to play a part? Was Bob Dylan hired? Was he a phony? Was he an actor? This is the question we're going to answer today. <laughs> and I know some of you are like, of course not. That couldn't have been. Well, on our Friday show today, we might, uh, we might get you to think otherwise. Okay. When I say we, I'm not crazy. I just am used to saying we. Sorry about that. So, Dylan was the voice of his generation, right? That's how he's consistently referred to. And there's a lot of evidence towards that, you know, Um, and his past is a little strange because he actually, his name is Robert Zimmerman. He came from a really prominent Jewish family in Duluth, Minnesota. Most people don't realize how prominent they really were because he never expands on this. And uh, he had uncles and and a great-grandfather who owned movie theaters around this town. This town was 17,000, 20,000 people at the most. Um, Very small town, but they owned some of the bigger businesses and owned multiple ones in neighboring cities. His great-grandfather and uncles owned the biggest movie theaters in Minnesota. And, And... they let Dylan watch the, the films for free. So they were a little bit more wealthy than he's going to say. And they were, you know, um, basically selling the fiction of movies. But we love movies, right? I love movies. Okay. Um, his paternal grandparents, Zygmunt and Anna Zimmerman, emigrated from the Russian Empire, now Ukraine, now known as Ukraine. And uh, they came uh, following the anti, you know, anti-Semitic stuff of 1905. But the dates are very strange in his family lineage that they do give. It was kind of a little bit more whitewashed. And the dates don't work out because in one case it would make him 100 years old, one of the grandfathers. and, And it was just kind of a bizarre accounting of the numbers. So his background already has some questions in it because it looks like it was pretty scrubbed and it's hard to get information. He grew up in an area, um, the same area as several prominent people that might not have been on the right side of things, 
like Gus Hall, the former leader of a U.S. Communist Party. That's the kind of area he grew up in, a very small town. In his high school yearbook, next to his picture, it says, to join Little Richard. And it's kind of curious because, um, you know, not to be the next Little Richard, to join Little Richard. It was really kind of weird to join him in what, you know, in in being in drag. I mean, because Little Richard was, you know, makeup and mascara at a time when that didn't happen. And uh, and also, um, so you kind of have to look at from here, from at this point on, I always go and, and really look at the progression of a career for somebody. Does it make sense? Does it make sense? Because we've all been around the block in life. We all know, like I said yesterday on the show, I've been doing this 10 years. This is not a well-financed machine. I see people crop up and it's a well-financed machine. So my question is, who's financing you, right? So if you go back to these careers and the career doesn't have an evolution point, you can't see where they went through the hard knocks. You can't understand how they cropped up and, and, and got fame overnight. This is when you should start asking questions about somebody without being paranoid. We're not talking about being paranoid. Oh, everyone's, you know, no, it's, it's, does this person, cause there are people in this genre of the sixties that do not fit this mold that I'm about to tell you, but And so that I wouldn't be asking the same kinds of questions, nor doing a program about it. But enough sticks out on this that I should be talking about this because we're going to put these pieces together. In 1959, Bob Dylan was 18 years old. Bobby V, do you remember him? Was 15. So you should have a lot of questions right now. How does a 15-year-old boy from Fargo, (laughs) right, Bobby V, Sell a song to a record company and get a contract with an even larger Liberty Records in the same exact year. Do you think the record companies were that desperate for talent to go to a 15-year-old? How does a 15-year-old get seen? We don't have it like today where they're on reality shows or YouTube, okay? Back then, it didn't work like that. You had to drive your record around. Do you guys remember drive? You know, the, the, the people that had to drive their records around to the radio stations. So at 15 years old, Bobby V sort of rose up the ranks. Do you think he might have had connections in his family? Do you think Dylan did too? Ah. But we weren't told who those connections were or what they were, right? What is Bobby V's real name? Valine? Did they marry a Rockefeller or Vanderbilt, you know? So according to the official bio, V's career started in 1959 when he was chosen to fill in for Buddy Holly the day the music died guy, okay? And the the day the music died. So because Buddy Holly was dead, didn't arrive to play, they chose a 15-year-old, a middle schooler? Doesn't make sense, does it? And when I come back, I want to talk about his connection to Dylan. And then I want to talk about the absence of Dylan's evolution into music. Because this is really fascinating. Be right back on the Kate Daly Show. Don't go anywhere. (laughs) 
aren't the holidays all about sharing? Balance of Nature, Lens Market, and Utah Food Bank have teamed up for a massive community food drive. All you have to do is go shop at Lens Market this Saturday from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. and drop off your non-perishable food items on your way out. Look for the Balance of Nature box truck and volunteers ready to accept your donations at any Washington County location. From our family to yours, happy Thanksgiving. The holidays are an opportunity to give back to others. This Thanksgiving, Balance of Nature needs your help to give to those in need. Join us for a local food drive starting now through November 19th. Please bring your non-perishable food items to the Balance of Nature building at 1568 South River Road in St. George. All donations will go directly to the Utah Food Bank Southern Distribution Center to be spread to pantries throughout Southern Utah. From our family to yours, thank you, Southern Utah. Hey, it's James over here at Garage Doors Only. We specialize in garage doors. Do you really want the same guy that sells you paint or glass working on your garage door? Or do you want the same folks that sell sod, block walls, and lumber installing your garage door? Call Garage Doors Only. That's all we specialize in. We will take the time to show you some options, accessories, and we also have lifetime warranties available on repairs or replacements. We also love to work with owner builders to select a perfect match for your door style and budget. Come see us at 689 North Bluff Street, where garage doors is what we do. Canyon Media and St. George News remind you to shop local, Southern Utah. Now, more than ever, it's important to shop local whenever and wherever possible. Local retailers and their employees are facing uncertain times. And by you shopping local, it's an excellent way to support and strengthen our local communities. If we all come together and shop local, this helps our local economy become more resilient and stronger than ever. Shop local, Southern Utah. Brought to you by Canyon Media and St. George News. This is Dr. Josh Sleeser from the Zion Eye Institute. Having good vision can often be overlooked when your child is struggling in school, but not being able to clearly focus on the board or school assignments is a problem that can be fixed. Now that school has started, it's a good idea to have your child's eyes checked to give them every chance to succeed. At Zion Eye Institute, we can help. We've been caring for the eyes of Southern Utah for over 40 years. Trust our family to care for the eye care needs of your family. Call Zion Eye Institute today, 435-292-5456. Join Lyle Boss, president of Boss Financial for Safe Money Radio, every Friday at 5 p.m. right here. Or call Lyle Boss now for your complimentary Safe Money book, Safe Money Miracle, at 855-355-7233. We at Gold Ore Store are proud to be your preferred choice for silver and gold here in Southern Utah and the connected Nevada region. Our staff is highly educated and well-informed about the marketplace and what is happening each and every day. Our multi-year gold medal winning customer service has made us a world-class location for all things precious metals and many other amazing items for gift buyers. There is simply nothing else like the world-famous Gold Ore Store, the best of Southern Utah winner of Best Precious Metals, Best Gold Store, Best Rock Shop, and Most Unique Place to Buy a Gift. Hate to brag, and pun intended, we rock. Come find out for yourself what so many others want to keep a secret in the historic downtown section of beautiful St. George City. Gold Ore Store, 7 North Main Street, two doors north of the Big Red Tabernacle right on Main Street. Free covered parking garage on Tabernacle. Call 435-703-9119. We thought about hiring one of those company spokesmen to get on the radio and tell you about how this will change your life and call today for a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. But is that really what you want? Don't you just want answers to the things that are troubling you and for those answers to actually be true? People laughed when we told them 53 seconds could change your life. Let me be more clear. The change in your life is going to take some time. If someone tells you they can do it in a day, 
I would be very suspicious. However, calling us is the first step to dealing with stress, depression, unsatisfied relationships, confidence issues, and many of the other effects of ED. And it actually does take less than 53 seconds to get an appointment. So stop waiting. Stop beating yourself up. Stop worrying about it being too good to be true. Is there a chance it might not work? Yes, but only 15%, which means there's an 85% chance your life will really change. 85%. Think about that. Call Prolong Medical Center in St. George at 375-5000. 375-5000. The next disaster is coming. Make a plan. Keep extra medication on hand. Make copies of important documents. Stay informed and be ready. Learn more at americares.org slash send us in. The show today is pre-recorded from July of 2022. Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Cape Daly Show. to share with you a lot to share with you about the 60s and about dylan who was sort of you know one of those voices that pretty much comes up first when you're thinking about the 60s usually it does for most people uh the sound of the 60s right was he hired as an actor Oh, just wait. Just wait till we get into this. In fact, uh, go over to MyPillow.com. Order some products, please. The uh, mattresses right now are a killer 50, 50% off. Oh, my gosh. They're the best mattresses. Go and get them. They last forever. They're awesome and so comfortable. You'll love them. Also, their sheets and pillows and everything. You just can't get better. And use the code Kate, please. And uh, you will get uh, up to 90% off right now. Well worth it. Okay, MyPillow.com, code Kate. So here we have Bobby V, 15 years old, middle schooler. Think about the middle schoolers, okay, or freshman in high school. And uh, he gets picked to fill in for Buddy Holly the day the music died. The, the I mean, that was in uh, Minnesota. Why did they choose a 15-year-old boy from Fargo? To play across state lines. He was a minor, couldn't even get across state lines. Anyone but his, you know, by anyone but his parents. But he, for some reason, was taken as an act that was good enough to go fill in for Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, Big Bopper, okay, where they were supposed to play. Do you think the ticket holders would be okay with that? But we were told in the press that the gig was a success. Is that believable? Three major stars die in a cornfield, and they go with a middle school band. (laughs) Hmm. But the press was all over it, said it was amazing. And something else that was weird, why did these middle school boys supposedly call themselves the Shadows? (laughs) Cue Twilight Zone, says Miles. Here are V's, um, you know, they, they, well, they they talked about it, and and basically the media was all over it and telling you it was amazing. About a week before that... 
they had organized a uh, vocal and instrument group of five guys. And their style was modeled after Buddy's, Buddy Holly's approach. And they had been rehearsing with Buddy's hits in mind. And when we heard the radio plea for talent, we went in and volunteered. And we hadn't even named the group yet. This is what Bobby V says. And they called themselves the Shadows. A week before Buddy Holly dies in a plane crash near Fargo, North Dakota, a group of middle boys starts a Buddy Holly band. So for a week, and they got hired. Their lead singer uh, memorizes all the lyrics in one week, and when Holly dies, this 15-year-old fills in for him in a local dance, becoming this overnight sensation. I don't buy it. (laughs) This is a cover story for something else, right? And uh, that was February of 1959. Before the year is out, Bobby V will have cut his own record called Susie Baby, sold it to a company capable of releasing it, scored a hit with it, and in the same year he was signed to an even larger company would be touring. In that same year, here's where Bob Dylan comes in. Bob Dylan will play with the band in Minneapolis under the stage name Elston Gunn. Elston Gunn. I don't know how he came up with that. Elston Gunn. Now... Gotta ask yourself how V scored all that action as a 15-year-old boy in less than a year. (laughs) Um, But what was the connection between Dylan and him? Why Dylan? Dylan was a rich Jewish boy just out of high school. Why was he chosen over all the others to play keyboard for V? Liberty Records didn't know anyone else in Minneapolis, St. Paul, that could play the keyboards. And what is Elston Gunn? Strange, right? So you should ask yourself this. Does the cleverness of a stage name match with the cleverness of the person who wrote Shelter from the Storm or, like I just played, Like a Rolling Stone? The greatest folk lyricist in American musical history starts out his career as L. Stun Gun. L. Stun Gun. Hmm. That would be, you know, a strange, a strange weirdness, would it not, that you could do, that, that, that would come from the same person. He also spent a lot of time at the University of Minnesota, and he even pledged to Sigma Alpha Mu. He was a frat boy, but nobody really knows that about, they don't talk about that about him, because he's supposed to be the rebel folkster. So maybe he wasn't so much a rebel. They usually don't pledge fraternities. Then we're fed the line that Dylan goes to New York to visit his hero, Woody Guthrie, who was in the hospital with Huntington's disease. But we're never told why Guthrie agreed to see him. And Dylan was a college dropout, nobody. So if you're a famous guy in a hospital with a serious disease, do you let anyone into the hospital to see you in your, you know, in those moments? Why did he get invited in? Strange. A 19-year-old nobody. And so high school kids usually don't just go to New York and get hooked up with famous people. doesn't happen. And this is why you always ask the question, how was the evolution of the career? Does it make sense or did they just pop in and became famous? I would imagine if they popped in and became famous, somebody's behind it. And he didn't really have a ton of talent. In fact, the things that were written about him were this. Dylan was not a great harmonica player. He wasn't a great guitar player. He's not a great singer. He just happens to be an original. How many times have you heard that? He's just an original. So when you go to Wikipedia, 
you get some red flags, and um, one of them is a write-up in the New York Times in 1961. Dylan played harmonica on Carolyn Hester's third album, and we're told this brought him to the attention of Columbia Records, which signed him to a record deal. When was the last time you heard of a musician, a nobody, that plays harmonica (laughs) and not significantly well, all of a sudden getting a record deal? That doesn't, how does that get the attention of top executives for a singing career? Hmm. Okay. So that's a little strange, right? So then we see more red flags. In 1961, at the age of 20, Dylan scored a review in the New York Times. How did he do that? He'd been playing at Greenwich Village for only six months, had no original material at the time, hadn't written any of his great uh, early songs yet, and somehow, some way, the New York Times of all the rags, hate New York Times, does a review of him. Why? He was the opening act for the Greenbrier Boys, <laughs> and there weren't even 10 people in the audience. So who wrote the review and Why? They obviously wanted to get him some national notoriety. Somebody had a plan for Dylan. So would that plan be called Operation Rolling Stone? Rolling Stone magazine came out in 1967. We know that the intelligence companies were running all kinds of things. We've talked about this many times on the show. MK Ultra, Mockingbird, all of these things. They were gung-ho. They were, they, were, they were able to jump in and have so many, so many rings in the fire right now in the 60s, controlling a lot. We had a lot of the lone gunmen. All of a sudden, the lone gunmen popped up, going around and killing um, you know, important people, right? A lot of drugs, a lot of things that the CIA introduced. Did we have an Operation Rolling Stone? Was there a fundamental operation underneath all of this? Interesting question, right? All those people like Jim Morrison, whose father was Admiral Morrison, remember that fiasco? Um, And uh, all of these people that later on we found out were um, children of CIA operatives and CIA themselves, David Crosby, ring a bell. Frank Zappa, who was in Laurel Canyon, everybody was staying at his home. There's a lot of things like that. That's what, that was my other show. So the promotion of trade, the promotion of trade, this is interesting. The money lenders, the money changers, the money makers. These families have always been really good at making money. The families you never hear about in Forbes. And... Did they accelerate this money-making machine to a point maybe they didn't even anticipate? They discovered that accelerated trade depended directly on accelerated change. The more change they could introduce to society, the more money they would make. And change would become faster than ever, right? Look at it right now. Change can always be accompanied with new products, right? New wealth. More products, more wealth. Fundamental underlying operation of the 20th century has been changed. This is a revolution in every single way since humans don't like change. 
We typically don't like it. We typically like tradition. But we had different people at the helm. We had the Rockefellers. We have the CIA. We have a lot of um, experimentation going on. We've got a lot of different things introduced to us. And they're all introduced to us as culture. And change is good. How many times did you hear that? Change is good. Progress. The progressives. (laughs) Right? There's also a lot of money to be made. And change to us, we kind of think is discomfort a little bit. I don't like change to my routine. It's, it's uncomfortable for me. Maybe you feel that same way. So it's against human nature. And it had to be manufactured and constantly sold to us. And it went against all tradition, right? So accelerated change and it was on steroids from the 60s on, made billionaires into trillionaires. It's true. Made the Rockefellers 100 times as wealthy as, as Bill Gates, right? And the Rockefellers made their first trillion by 1930. And then you have this, this sort of, you know, the Rolling Stone end of it. A Rolling Stone gathers no moss. Don McLean wrote, a song, wrote the song American Pie, right? And uh, I don't know if he wrote it, he sang it. And there's a line in there that says, moss grows fat on a rolling stone, but that's not how it used to be. And the moss is money. The rolling stone gathers no moss, but it grows fat on money. Do you think it's a coincidence that Dylan's most famous song is called The Times They Are A-Changin'? And when you really look at the lyrics, it's sort of eerie. (laughs) When you start to examine their lyrics like you never have before the writers come writers and critics who prophesy with your pen and keep your eyes uh, eyes wide the chance won't come again and don't speak too soon for the wheel still and spin and there's no telling who that it's naming I'll play that coming back it's really curious The lyrics are very interesting. Did Dylan write these songs? I have a lot to say about that. (laughs) I don't think he did. He's telling writers and critics in that particular song, though, not to speak too soon. In other words, to keep quiet of the change. Don't keep talking about tradition. Just go with it. And this is curious because that change that was going on in the 1960s was not for the better. Be right back. Kate Daly Show. More on Bob Dylan when we come back. Suffering from chronic symptoms that affect your ability to live your life can be frustrating. At Red River Health and Wellness, we know that although lots of people visit doctors and specialists, Many still can't find useful answers to symptoms like exhaustion, anxiety, weight gain, hair loss, and more. That's why at Red River we pay close attention to your autoimmune condition and focus on using non-pharmaceutical approaches to help you live your best life. Call Red River at 855-55-RIVER with offices in Logan, South Jordan, Springville, and St. George. 
Caring for an elder family member can be worrisome and overwhelming. You want your loved ones to receive personalized care. Ovation Sienna Hills is the answer. They don't sacrifice anything in their assisted living and memory care communities. Mom and dad can stay in assisted living, left incapable and caring hands. Call Ovation Sienna Hills to schedule your private tour today. 435-429-0000. Ovation Sienna Hills, enhancing the life of every person they serve. A powerful business relies on powerful connections. That's why TDS offers ultra-fast internet with download speeds up to one gig. TDS also makes it easy to optimize your wireless connection. Add TDS Wi-Fi Plus for business to get a strong, reliable signal and minimize dead spots. Power up your business with fast internet and smart Wi-Fi from TDS, the best provider in Southern Utah. Internet speeds are up to and not guaranteed. Subject to availability. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, it's James over here at Garage Doors Only. We specialize in garage doors. Do you really want the same guy that sells you paint or glass working on your garage door? Or do you want the same folks that sell sod, block walls, and lumber installing your garage door? Call Garage Doors Only. That's all we specialize in. We will take the time to show you some options, accessories, and we also have lifetime warranties available on repairs or replacements. We also love to work with owner builders to select a perfect match for your door style and budget. Come see us at 689 North Bluff Street, where garage doors is what we do. Canyon Media and St. George News remind you to shop local Southern Utah. Now, more than ever, it's important to shop local whenever and wherever possible. Local retailers and their employees are facing uncertain times. And by you shopping local, it's an excellent way to support and strengthen our local communities. If we all come together and shop local, this helps our local economy become more resilient and stronger than ever. Shop local Southern Utah. Brought to you by Canyon Media and St. George News. Hi, I'm Dave Mizrahi, owner of Vest Mattress. I've been kicking around the idea of changing our Black Friday sale to Purple Friday sale. Just seems happier somehow. Purple's grid technology is the first totally new construction design in more than 30 years. And it is amazing. And amazing sleep is happy sleep. And during our, I mean, Purple Friday sale, save up to $800 on Purple adjustable sets and 25% on all Purple accessories. Well, whatever I wind up calling it, come in and save. Vest Mattress. Sleep easy, friends. See you This may be the most important message I have ever made on this radio station. Greg from Gold Ore Store. If you have been listening to me for any amount of time at all, you know I am a huge proponent of physical only in your own possession silver and gold bullion. The time for soft communication on real money has ended. The commodities exchange has allowed the price on silver to raise over a dollar. I've been sharing the fact that silver will increase to levels never before experienced. You have an opportunity to buy the most important precious metal in the world right now at what we as professionals in the industry call the bottom. There is no more time to wait and think about it friends gold ore store the inflation killer protects your wealth each and every day call now 435-703-9119 there's no more time to wait gold ore store will meet or beat virtually any legitimately advertised price why would you buy online when you can support local business and get as good or a better deal without sacrificing privacy goldorestore.com 435-703-9119 we thought about hiring one of those company spokesmen to get on the radio and tell you about how This will change your life and call today for a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. But is that really what you want? Don't you just want answers to the things that are troubling you and for those answers to actually be true? People laughed when we told them 53 seconds could change your life. Let me be more clear. The change in your life, it's going to take some time. If someone tells you they can do it in a day, I would be very suspicious. However, 
Calling us is the first step to dealing with stress, depression, unsatisfied relationships, confidence issues, and many of the other effects of ED. And it actually does take less than 53 seconds to get an appointment. So stop waiting. Stop beating yourself up. Stop worrying about it being too good to be true. Is there a chance it might not work? Yes, but only 15%, which means there's an 85% chance your life will really change. 85%. Think about that. Call Prolong Medical Center in St. George at 375-5000. 375-5000. The show today is pre-recorded from July of 2022. Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. Dylan write it? Hmm. It's in question. Congressman, please heed the call. when you finally like really examine lyrics, isn't it? Uh, so welcome back to the Kate Daly Show. It's a, a fun Friday show. We're actually kind of really taking a closer look at uh, Bob Dylan, the voice of the 60s, changed a revolution into folk and yada, yada, yada. Was it contrived, planned? Were people behind him? How real was it? Hmm. So uh, make sure you get over to um, Balance of Nature, by the way. 31 Fruits and Vegetables, amazing supplement. You'll love it. You'll feel differently. Your body will be healthier. Please go take it. (laughs) It's guaranteed. You can just try it out if you want to. Um, But uh, balanceofnature.com, code word Kate. Okay? You'll get uh, 35% off and free shipping, and you'll love it. We need it right now with our food supply the way it is. You're not getting the nutrients that you think. So, come senators, congressmen, please heed the call. Don't stand in the doorway. Don't block up the hall. For he that gets hurt will be will be he who has stalled. Senators are being told they will get hurt if they stand in the way of change. Hmm. Congressmen are supposed to be the representatives of the people. And these representatives are being really kind of threatened in this song, aren't they? Your sons and your daughters are beyond your command. Your old road is rapidly aging. Please get out of the new one. If you can't lend your hand, this is no better. It is uh, 
fascism posing as progressive politics. If your sons and daughters are no longer your charges, who are they charges of? The state. These guys want to control your kids. There's a lot, and he said the spinning wheel, right? The spinning wheel will be naming, you know, people. Okay, and uh, don't stall the spinning wheel. Who's behind the spinning wheel of all the record labels? Are they associated with Rockefellers, Rothschilds, Salzburgers? Huh. Yeah. Your rise uh, to fame. Think about all the wonderful singers out there. Why do certain singers rise to fame so quickly? How many times have we been told? I just watched a video of a rapper the other day that was really brutally honest. He was just talked into the camera and said, yeah, I can make a deal with the devil. Yeah, I can have a career. I don't want, I don't want to. I believe in Christ. I don't want that. Ooh. So the financiers want to control our kids. They can sell them things more easily and more directly. And that's what's happened. Our kids are raised by their phones, by corporate media. To the benefit of no one but the billionaires, the trillionaires, and the people that want to change this culture and have your kids walk away from you. Right? Is the curse cast? Because there's a line that says the curse, it is cast. What does that mean? How could positive change be a curse? And if Dylan was just talking about civil rights, how is any curse being cast? That's strange. Strange way to talk about it. The order is rapidly fading the first one now will later be last. The old, or is rap- the old order is rapidly fading. What is the old order? Aristocracy? Hmm. Interesting. Do you guys remember the Stones' early album was titled Their Satanic Majesty's Request? <laughs> that was in 1967. The band members were supposedly, supposedly at the time facing drug busts and jail time. They were being sold as the worst of the bad boys, right? Attacking the old world order. This is Mick Jagger, right? Knighted by Prince Charles in 2002 for service to the empire and crown. Why? What did he do? (laughs) How did he get that accolade? So was Elton John. So were many of these guys. So given the mainstream interpretation of the stones, it really doesn't make any sense because... It only, it only really makes sense as they're pretty manufactured and promoted, right? Um, a, a member in the, in the leadership of my, of my church, of my faith, sat next, next to Mick Jagger in an airplane and asked him early on in the earlier days um, about his music, and he said he was there to sell sex. That was his job. Hmm. Okay, given that the Stones and the Beatles after 1967 were sold as wildly anti-establishment, you would expect the royals, British government, to be against them, wouldn't you? Why are they awarding them? Huh. And Secret Service in both countries promoting them. And the people behind the spinning wheel doing everything they can to promote, too. It's kind of interesting. They all came together in the background to promote not to take down these people that were supposedly anti-establishment. And the question that no one ever bothers to ask, 
says Miles in his brilliant piece. So why was Dylan pretending to be a folk singer? It looks like he was sent in to misdirect the protests, the anti-war movement. Was it an effort to to have this music and these groups and this new music? Because it was all new. Remember that. Was it used to confuse, to confound, to derail the anti-war movement too? A lot of people associate it with, no, it was part of the uprising against war. Was it? Folk? Folk music? Was it? I don't know. Folk was a little more peaceful and it was a little bit more of that distraction. Then there was plagiarism charges leveled right at Bob Dylan. Newsweek, 1963. One of the writers at Newsweek suggested that Dylan had bought the song, bought the song Blowing in the Wind from a New Jersey high school student, Lore Wyatt. And Wyatt initially confirmed the story and then later recanted the story in the New York Times in 1974. And it's pretty fishy. He might have, Wyatt might have been paid to say the song was Dylan's, right? But if Dylan had really written the song, Columbia would have sued the pants off of Newsweek in 1963, would they not have? As soon as that story hit the newsstands, you would have had a great libel suit. But they didn't, and they didn't want it to go to court, so there wasn't any discovery. That's interesting. And uh, that's some pretty strong evidence that Dylan did not write maybe one of his most famous songs. But is that enough to say that he was um, hired for this job? I have the most interesting clip right from Dylan's own mouth coming up on the show, by the way. (laughs) The most interesting clip um, to talk about that. But uh, that story was buried. It was completely buried. Nobody ever mentions it again. You ever notice that? Kind of like Al, kind of like uh, um, King Fraud a lot. Never mentions the uh, the time he ran for president and was caught lying through his teeth. Right? All of those kinds of things. Okay. So the next red flag that you should recognize is Dylan being booed off the stage in 1965 Newport Folk Festival. Mainstream spin on this that it was due to Dylan's being electric. But that probably is not true. They booed him off the stage because they might have become aware that he was kind of a phony. Wasn't a great singer, wasn't a great harmonica player, wasn't a great guitar player, right? There were a lot of fellow musicians there. Now, a lot of times, places can be packed with paid people, as we now really know, right? There's a lot of times when, when they're on a payroll to be there. And we're not excluded from that in the 60s and 70s either. There may have been a lot of people in, a, in certain audiences paid to be there because they want to look like somebody is supported. But um, these might have been real fans of folk music and they just didn't like him. They booed him off the stage in 1965. We keep getting told in the media, oh, he's prolific, and oh, what a poet, and, but he was booed by fellow musicians. That's interesting. Um, Joan Baez is very vocal about Dylan. 
Joan Baez does not like Dylan. She's alluded several times that he is not who they say he is. That's interesting. So right after that happened, right after he was booed, the people that are backing him behind the scenes kind of went into emergency mode. And as in 1967, like 1967 with the Beatles, all the top guns were brought in to reinvent Dylan in 1965 and save his career. And this is when Like a Rolling Stone hit the charts. Q Rolling Stone magazine, by the way, same year, 1967. The lyrics were fantastic. Dylan's performance, near perfect. The arrangement, perfect. A quality that you had never seen Dylan do before. And so we have to believe that real musicians and lyricists lyricists were kind of brought in for this venture. Whoever wrote Shelter from the Storm and a couple of other songs, I love that song. Slant rhyming, juiced in it and used to it really masterful at the time and could Dylan have written that maybe Paul Simon was capable of lyrics like that storytelling like that but and Joni Mitchell possible right maybe maybe not but I I think a lot of people could understand if Paul Simon wrote it But it really wasn't Dylan's sound at the time. Not those kinds of lyrics. Shelter from the Storm. So, who wrote it? Hmm. Okay. So, um, Simon, Paul Simon, can still write in that same kind of capable poetry decades later. But as you're going to hear from Bob Dylan's own lips, he doesn't produce music like that anymore. Hmm. Why not? Right? Why not? And so um, we'll come back. I'll talk about a little bit. um, I'll get into this a little bit more about the lyrics and about from his own words. But just remember that this was a time when what was accomplished was getting accomplished and Dylan might no longer have been kind of needed to misdirect anymore. And his career sort of stood at a standstill up until I think in 1974. There was like a standstill. Same with the Beatles. The Beatles might not have been needed any longer for misdirection and for culture change in the sped up version that we were given it. Maybe they didn't even break up. Maybe they were dismissed. Maybe the breakup stories were something of the news at the time, given to the news. And uh, were they reinvented a third time, the Beatles, at the same exact time? Did they destroy their own hippie movement on purpose? Hmm, that's an interesting question, isn't it? Right. Were they all part of Operation Rolling Stone that we still have today? Rolling Stone magazine. Very interesting. And how and how Rolling Stone magazine, so many magazines come to go, come and go in that genre. Rolling Stone has always been at the top. Top propaganda machine. Think about that. Be right back on the Kate Daly Show. I have so much more to tie some things together you might not have thought of. 
And uh, hopefully there's some aha moments when you're kind of thinking of this as big picture. Be right back on the Key Daly Show. Tried to be a normal talk show once. Worst two minutes of our lives. The Kate Daly Show starts now. Why do you still do it? Why are you still out here? Well, it goes back to the destiny thing. I made a bargain with it, you know, a long time ago, and I'm holding up my hand. What was your bargain? To get where um, I am now. Should I ask who you made the bargain with? <laughs> with, 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 you know, with the chief, uh, chief commander on this earth, <laughs> and this earth, and then, uh, and then in a world we can't see. Hmm. Interesting. Bob Dylan interview on 60 Minutes, wasn't it? When people uh, say, you know, hey, I promised God I would do things, they're pretty vocal about it. <laughs> They don't hem and haw and, oh, a chief uh, of this world and the underworld. I mean, you don't talk like that. And so uh, a lot of people go, oh, he's a born-again Christian. Well, <laughs> I um, I have a whole slew full of, um, of evidence and information that he might just be a giant fake. I know. How dare, Kate, how dare you step on my love for Bob Dylan music that that is part of the fabric of our society. I know people will feel that way as I'm as I'm walking through his nonsensical career where he shot to stardom as a nobody at 19 and all of a sudden became because of the media help this this thing, um, this culture changing icon. But. I'm telling you, there's way more to this story. People should be looking at it because what does it tell you about the 60s? What does it tell you about the big picture and how much we changed and how fast we changed and why we changed so fast? And the times that are a change in is a, is a big tell on, on the kind of song that he would sing, the lyrics that he would sing. Did he actually write those lyrics or was he given those lyrics? Um, uh, a few years back, I think it was 2010, Los Angeles Times quoted Joni Mitchell as saying, Bob Dylan is not authentic at all. He's a plagiarist and his name and voice are fake. Everything about Bob is a deception. We are like night and day, he and I. Hmm. She also said Grace Slick and Janis Joplin were sleeping with their whole bands and falling down drunk. Oh, I believe it. <laughs> Um, so when she says he's a fake, a plagiarist, who might have written his music? I might have some answers for you. Okay. So let's keep going because this is part two and you must listen to part one. If you're just joining us, it'll be up on podcast today. So let's get into part two. We already went through the early part of his career and now we're back going back into like 19, like in the, into the 1970s because he was brought back by Columbia. He had some major dips in his career. Um, and he also, uh, was booed, um, several times off stage. He quit touring. Uh, he didn't quit recording in 1966. 
after he was sort of booed and everything else because people might have started figuring out that he really didn't have the talent that he said that they that the media machine the wheel spinners said he had so the masters you know at work here behind the scenes used his name and his image because they owned him um but they weren't fully using him because uh the product kind of didn't do what it was doing anymore, right? After Watergate, Dylan was brought back to Columbia for one mass, one last major hurrah since 1974, and it appears that someone considered this album important enough to hire the poet, as they kept referring to him once again. He didn't have a past uh, um, to show how his poetry evolved. His lyrics were so different, I think, from from maybe even early on, the, the, the person that he first started out as, Els, Elston, Elston Gunn, that's his stage name, does not match the lyrics and the style to which he became famous for. So back from, um, and this is due credit to Miles Mathis. I always want to give credit where credit's due. I've done a lot of research with a lot of different writers, so I'm kind of speaking from a lot of different writers' voices, but a lot of this is coming from Miles, too. He did a great expose on this. But back to Shelter um, shelter from the Storm. Okay. Oh, and by the way, the intelligence needed to flood all the markets with all the all the, everything that it could do as part of the grand misdirection away from so many different things in this era. And entertainment was always misdirection from real politics. And so every circus that could be found was quickly tented up. Dylan had toured with the band earlier in the year, and John Lennon was brought back that fall, too, with the album Walls and Bridges. George Harrison released an album, Wings released an album, and even Ringo was brought back as misdirection as things really started to go full swing into major socialism and um, government control and government fascism okay um so or the fascism that belongs to government through our corporations not talking about free market right now just talking about that devil as it is shelter from the storm this song contains the best lyrics ever attributed to dylan and maybe to anyone else and it's so good at first it seems to be sort of out of reach even for paul simon or let's bring up the name leonard cohen even though we don't know who actually wrote it but the man who lived Bob Dylan's life doesn't seem really capable of it. It seems like like a Rolling Stone looks amateurish. And then the poet has grown immensely over the years. Right. But it doesn't match style. It doesn't match style. Come in. I'll give you shelter from the storm. So it's kind of let me let me play just a little bit of this. Was in another lifetime. One of toil and blood When blackness was a virtue The road was full of mud I came in from the wilderness A creature void of form Come in, she said I'll give you shelter from the storm hmm, Interesting, right? Okay So the lyrics are um, Twas I mean, that's kind of a That's kind of a different <laughs> A different way A, a different 
context than he sang before, and that uh, there's a stanza five. It doesn't have the cadence of any Paul Simon song. Um, Paul likes shorter lines. This is a little bit more eloquent in its presentation. And uh, when you look at Paul Simon's songs, they're a little bit different, more storytelling, but a little different. Vocabulary is different as well. Quality of writing is different. Um, but it could have been written by Leonard Cohen. It has the earmarks of um, crown of thorns, girls with silver bracelets, chewing on, you know, these moments of, of shelter from the storm begins with the word twas. Twas in another lifetime, one of toil and blood, when blackness was a virtue and the road was full of mud. Hmm. That sounds pretty eloquent, and it also sounds like a lot of the lines of um, Leonard Cohen. Listen to a little bit of Leonard Cohen in the song Democracy. might have been one reason why Leonard Cohen wasn't really propped up as the voice of generations, right? He had a lot of songwriting to his credit and there were, he had an audience, but it wasn't like Dylan. So did he write for Dylan? When you get into some other songs, this might not have been the best example, but when you get into some other music of Leonard Cohen, the stances are a lot alike. There's a lot of, um, similarities we should say to the music and that seems pretty interesting to me because you know other musicians have said I like Bob's songs although musically he's not very gifted (laughs) but when we say we like his songs what are we actually talking about are we you know are we are we talking about that what about the plagiarism charge by Newsweek of all people against Dylan in 1963 Newsweek is a propaganda, a propaganda, you know, machine. So were they swatted down? Could they have been swatted down a little bit for trying to speak out at the time about this particular singer? So, you know, Dylan's an icon, right? Calling him a plagiarist is like calling Tiger Woods a hologram. (laughs) So... You know, it's you have to be careful covering this subject because a lot of people have a lot of issues with don't don't. That's the only thing in my life that I love is my music. I can go listen to and escape this world. But think about that for a moment. You know, what does that mean? What does that mean if you can kind of peel back the onion a little bit and see layers that maybe things were a little bit more programmed and coerced? And done for us rather than authentic. You don't just rise as a 19-year-old with no career and all of a sudden become famous in the same year. That just doesn't happen. Unless there's people behind you. Joni also, uh, Mitchell, also said some really strange things about Leonard Cohen. 
which probably makes sense now, she implied several times that she soon lost respect for Leonard Cohen. And although she never said so, she uh, suggested that she lost respect for him because he had chosen to be part of a hoax. Was it part of Operation Rolling Stone in the 60s? You know? Was that part of the, the, the agreement, the plagiarism? Because could be. That's kind of interesting, too. So, um, and I think there were comments from Cohen, too, that, that, that may have alluded a little to him doing some things for other people as well. Um, so... And Joni Mitchell attacked uh, Janis Joplin and Grace Slick, too. But notice how she didn't say that about them. She didn't say they were fake, plagiarists, <laughs> and deceptive, and not who they seem. She only said that about Dylan. Hmm. And she couldn't come out and tell us all of these people are hired by the spooks, right? <laughs> So she tries to tell us that she doesn't like him. Now, in the press, it was, oh, she's just being mean because she doesn't like she has some kind of, you know, riff with them. Well, what she's saying is, was it honest? Sounded honest. Be right back. I have a clip to play for you, too, right straight from Bob Dylan himself. Be right back. Hey, to Healthcare continues to grow to serve their patients. They are pleased to welcome Dr. Michael A. Grant to their premier rheumatology team at their Joint and Arthritis Center. Dr. Grant joins Dr. Matthews and Dr. Goda in offering treatments for musculoskeletal conditions like rheumatoid arthritis and osteoarthritis and by helping manage autoimmune conditions like lupus with state-of-the-art treatments. Vista Healthcare, delivering world-class care right here in Southern Utah. To make an appointment with Dr. Michael A. Grant, call 435-215-0257. The beloved TV classic soars off the screen and onto the stage this season. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the musical. See all your favorite characters from this TV classic come to life live on stage. This gleeful musical take on a holiday favorite will go down in history as a smashing hit. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the musical. Live on stage in the Tuacon Indoor Haven Theater. Hey, it's James over here at Garage Doors Only. We specialize in garage doors. Do you really want the same guy that sells you paint or glass working on your garage door? Or do you want the same folks that sell sod, block walls, and lumber installing your garage door? Call Garage Doors Only. That's all we specialize in. We will take the time to show you some options, accessories, and we also have lifetime warranties available on repairs or replacements. We also love to work with owner builders to select a perfect match for your door style and budget. Come see us at 689 North Bluff Street, where garage doors is what we do. Canyon Media and St. George News remind you to shop local Southern Utah. Now, more than ever, it's important to shop local whenever and wherever possible. Local retailers and their employees are facing uncertain times. And by you shopping local, it's an excellent way to support and strengthen our local communities. If we all come together and shop local, this helps our local economy become more resilient and stronger than ever. Shop local Southern Utah. Brought to you by Canyon Media and St. George News. Thanks for listening to The Kate Daly Show. 
All opinions expressed by the program participants on the Kate Daly Show are solely their own and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of St. George News Radio, KZNU, Canyon Media, or their respective parent companies or advertisers. If you'd like to comment directly, talk lines are open at 888-673-1450. That's 888-673-1450. Or you may email directly at kate at canyonmedia.net. There are many reasons you should be using St. George Ink and Toner for ink and toner refills, but the two most important are it's better for the environment and you save money. St. George Ink and Toner will refill your old cartridges, saving you money and stopping waste buildup in our landfills. You can be confident in their work because they have a 100% satisfaction guarantee. At St. George Ink and Toner, you will save money, help the environment, and get the highest quality products. Come by 237 North Bluff Street and see why St. George Ink and Toner is your store for ink and toner. Caring for an elder family member can be worrisome and overwhelming. You want your loved ones to receive personalized care. Ovation Sienna Hills is the answer. They don't sacrifice anything in their assisted living and memory care communities. Mom and dad can stay in assisted living, left incapable and caring hands. Call Ovation Sienna Hills to schedule your private tour today. 435-429-0000. Ovation Sienna Hills, enhancing the life of every person they serve. No credit is no problem at the Mattress Store. Hi, it's Justin from the Mattress Store. And good credit, bad credit, and no credit, we have financing that will fit every budget. Plus, save up to $800 all month long on Tempur-Pedic, Stearns & Foster, and Sealy Posturepedic mattresses during the Black Friday Savings Event. The Mattress Store voted Best of Southern Utah, Washington next to Best Buy, Bloomington by the Walmart, or Clarence Center on Bluff Street next to Ace Hardware, and downtown Cedar City next to Lynn's. Nobody beats the Mattress Store. No. It always happens at the worst times. While spending time with friends, shopping, playing with the kids, working out, or simply when sharing a good laugh. But constantly searching for a bathroom is no laughing matter. Urinary incontinence is a medical issue. It can cause depression and isolation and a lack of confidence. At Prolong Medical, they have a solution that can treat urinary incontinence. It's simple, painless, and effective and only requires sitting fully clothed in a custom-designed chair for 30 minutes twice a week for as few as six sessions. Ladies, this really works, and it only takes 30 minutes twice a week. Our patients at Prolong Medical Center are happy. They have their confidence restored and their best moments back. Call 435-375-5000. That's 435-375-5000. Or visit ProlongMedical.com today to find out more. The show today is pre-recorded from July of 2022. Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. Before you call him a man How many seas must the white dove sail Before she sleeps in the sand Hmm. Now, um, Newsweek 
1963, he said he plagiarized that song, um, and they named the guy that wrote it, and the guy that wrote it affirmed the story, and then a decade later almost said, uh, backtracked to the New York Times and said, uh, Dylan, Dylan wrote it. <laughs> Maybe a little pressure put on that guy. If this was a rollout of somebody that they really um, wanted to sort of, you know, obviously the media painted him at the helm of the of the 60s movement of this change, such a huge, fast change in culture. Never before had we ever gotten such a huge, fast change in culture. Times are changing. If you really look at the lyrics of that song, kind of amazing. So I'm citing the lyrics as part of the story. And so and, and I'm also saying that I don't think Bob Dylan wrote them. I think he was given those lyrics. I think one thing that those people that control the machines of media in Hollywood, they love to put in lyrics what they're doing. <laughs> they love to put it out there. And maybe for them, it's a way to say, oh, people were too stupid to realize. People were too stupid to know. Here's a song from um, Bob Dylan, Gotta Serve Somebody, Serve a Master. Here we go. Be an ambassador to England or France. You may like to gamble. You might like to dance. You may be the heavyweight champion of the world. You may be a socialite with a long string of pearls. But you're going to have to serve somebody. Yes, indeed. Interesting. <laughs> um, and of course, times are changing. Very interesting because it was all about fast rolling the change and congressmen and senators don't stand in the way of this. Writers and critics, just keep your mouth shut. Don't comment on this. We need the change to kind of, I don't know, become like a rolling stone going down a hill. <laughs> right? And then uh, Rolling Stone comes into the picture and uh, has never left and has been one of the most popular magazines. That's interesting. Um, because there's, why? I mean, magazines come and go all the time. That one has stayed. Okay. Um, I also wanted to say uh, about Judy Collins. Judy Collins had a comment in Time Magazine 2017 about Bob Dylan's Nobel Prize yeah, Nobel Prize. <laughs> He's getting every award in the book. Collins, Judy Collins said, the Nobel Committee didn't do their homework for such an illustrious group. They're woefully uninformed. And this is after, of course, the other comments made that he's a fraud. But I think what the biggest question here is, is how much of this was a fraud? How much of this was controlled at the top? And... His career, those, those red flags in his career, one of the biggest is, is a conversion to Christianity, right? That everyone has talked about, about him later on. How can we make sense of that? And we assume the conversion is genuine, but as Joni Mitchell told everybody, nothing about Dylan is genuine. It's all a lie. 
And so this is a, a perfect example of, of change. Quickly and suddenly make Dylan into the opposite of what you think he is. That creates confusion, forces the fans to go out, buy another raft of his useless music, and then make, and I like his music, but make themselves feel better. And then, uh, and then it might have been revenge by intelligence against Dylan. He had refused to to sell fake Buddhism back in 1966, and they eventually brought him back into the fold in 1974. And to punish him, probably, for the earlier attempt at independence, because he would not go full Buddhist to try to grab people away from Christianity as much as they, much as he could have back then as an influencer, um, and show the power that they had, they came up with the born-again ruse. Who knows? Who knows if he really is or isn't? I think a lot of people don't really know him, right? So there's something there to look at and examine. And then um, I also want to share this with you, too. Um, I know it hurts talking about his music, too, because if, if you're a lover of this music, you do really have to look at, at the implausibility of his career, though. You have to. I mean, you can't, you don't rise to the top like that. It just doesn't happen. I want you to listen to how he evades the answers on this 60 Minutes interview. Because usually, if people are being honest and there's a true evolution of career, they have no problem telling you the details. I can tell you every detail about my evolution and thought and why I thought it and certain shows and certain questions about why my politics changed over the years. I can tell you that story, but if you can't tell that story, there's a lot of holes here. Listen to how he answers these questions in a 60 minutes interview, questions that anyone should be able to answer about their own career. Here we go. He's written a memoir called Chronicles, Volume One, and I finally got to sit down with him in his first television interview in nearly 20 years. What you will see is pure Dylan, mysterious, elusive, fascinating, just like his. You wrote Blowing in the Wind in 10 minutes, is that right? Probably. Just like Probably. that? Yeah. Where did it come from? It just came, it came from... Spring of uh, creativity, I would think, you know. I would think. You ever look at music that you've written and look back at it and say, whoa, that mm -hmm. surprised me? I used to. Uh, I, I, I don't do that anymore. Uh, I don't know how I got to, to write those songs. What do you mean? You don't know how? Well, those early songs were like almost magically written. Um, huh. uh, darkness at the break of noon, shadows even the silver spoon, a handmade blade, a child's balloon. Eclipses both the sun and moon to understand you knew too soon there is no sense in trying. This Dylan classic, It's All Right, Ma, was written in 1964. Well, try to sit down and write something like that. Uh, th there's a magic to that, and it's not uh, Siegfried and Roy kind of magic. You know, it's a it's a different kind of a penetrating magic. And uh, you know, I did it. I, I, I did it at one time. You don't think you can do it today? Mm -hmm. 
Does that disappoint you? Well, you can't do something forever, and uh, I did it once, and I can do other things now, but uh, I, I can't do that. Well, that was weird. Was that one of the weirdest interview questions you've, and answer period you've ever heard? Um, how do you not still have a talent? I mean, even if it's rough, the talent core, the core of that talent is still there. And all of a sudden doesn't have it. Did you see his references? Did you hear his references to magic? Remember when Susan was on the show and she was talking about how leftism and the, you know, a lot more of the cabal always talk about magic. It's always about magic. It's never about spiritually gifted or, or divine or anything like that. It's magic. It's kind of the opposite of a spiritual <laughs> answer. It's magic and how they love magic. And it was interesting to hear him talk about, well, it's, it was magic. <laughs> I thought that was just strange after doing that show with Susan. I thought that was really weird. And uh, it makes you wonder about how much of the 60s, huh? And he could not answer about blowing in the wind. Here it is again. Wait, here it is again. Let me play this for you. Probably. Probably. Just Probably? Like that. That... Yeah. Where did it come from? It just came, it came from, uh, I was like, um... Yeah, like a, a well of creativity. <laughs> okay. Um, and when his answers come, it doesn't sound like that free-flowing poet, does it? It's just strange. He could recite his lyrics that he's saying, but then it's the rest of it sounds chop. Like it just doesn't sound right when he's talking, right? But uh, blowing in the wind, see how he didn't have an answer for that. That was the one Newsweek said he plagiarized. And the guy affirmed the story in 1963. Hmm. How much of the 60s was contrived? I can't listen to this music anymore without thinking about these things, without thinking about the lyrics of these songs. I don't know if you can, um, but some of the songs uh, that he is more famous for right the masters of war too another one not famous for but you know one of his songs come you masters of war that you build the big guns that you build the death planes that you build the bombs build the walls now somebody might think that is a that is an anti-war song but was it just subliminal messaging that was delivered in songs just want you to know I can see through your masks, right? Like Judas of old, you'll lie and deceive. A world war can be won. You'll want me to believe. You fasten all the triggers for the others to fire. Then you sit back and watch when the death count gets higher. But I do feel like these lyrics are also part of the overall, we've always told you, and they really have to, the, the people that control things, we know the women's movement was completely contrived. I've interviewed um, Mallory, Kate's sister on the air. We've interviewed, um, I've shown, I've, I, you've listened to Gloria Steinem say she was CIA propped up through organizations um, and directly with the CIA too. And they do work through a lot of corporations or, or foundations to get people to say things, do things right. Very coerced and paid. That whole movement was paid. Women didn't just get mad. 
all in the same decade you know around the world no that didn't that, that doesn't happen usually it's a little bit more manipulated in order to happen that quickly and rapidly and just all together you were very manipulated by media music and everything else right woman hear me roar and all the movies and all the sitcoms we know that there were people at the helm that were paying people to get out there and encouraging them with those messages and making sure that those messages were broadcast. So you thought, just like right now, they tell us we're a racist nation all the time, even though we're not. They were telling women they were unhappy all the time, even though they weren't unhappy <laughs> all the time, everyone. But you would have thought so in the 60s. And it was very contrived. You don't think the music's contrived, too? I think I think with Jim Morrison, David Crosby, so many uh, the the drummer of um, Grateful Dead, there were a lot of people involved in the CIA, CIA paid, that were part of this movement. That have that has come out over the years, not just in theory. <laughs> many people, even Frank Zappa himself. Be right back. Kate Daly show. Yeah, Laurel Canyon was well funded, well funded and propped up for these people to go all at the same time. Be right back. Kate Daly show. Aren't the holidays all about sharing? Balance of Nature, Lens Market, and Utah Food Bank have teamed up for a massive community food drive. All you have to do is go shop at Lens Market this Saturday from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. and drop off your non-perishable food items on your way out. Look for the Balance of Nature box truck and volunteers ready to accept your donations at any Washington County location. From our family to yours, happy Thanksgiving. The holidays are an opportunity to give back to others. This Thanksgiving, Balance of Nature needs your help to give to those in need. Join us for a local food drive starting now through November 19th. Please bring your non-perishable food items to the Balance of Nature building at 1568 South River Road in St. George. All donations will go directly to the Utah Food Bank Southern Distribution Center to be spread to pantries throughout Southern Utah. From our family to yours, thank you, Southern Utah. 3654. That's 36 hours, 5 days, and 4 months. 3654 means if you call us and say, I have thought about building a pool, you'll hear back from us within 36 hours. 3654 means if you call us and say, you give me a bid for a swimming pool, we give you a bid in five days. It also means if you call us about a pool, ask us about a bid and say, I want you to build our swimming pool. We finish your swimming pool in four months. Yes, four months. We hope at this point you're just wondering who we are and how to call us to see if we can really get you a bid in five days and finish your pool in four months. The who is New Wave Pools. The how, call us at 435-200-5363 or just go to newwaveconstruction.com and click on pools. That's newwaveconstruction.com. New Wave Pools. We make pools easy. You make pools fun. Oh, hey, SNS Mechanical? Yeah, my furnace makes a loud noise once in a while, and I'm smelling something funny. Sounds like it's getting gas. It's that time of year when you turn your furnace on for the first time and smell that funny smell. That should be a good reminder to get your system tuned up. Right now, SNS Mechanical has a $99 precision heating tune-up. And if it's time to replace your unit, get up to $1,000 off installation of a new Carrier Infinity or Performance Full System. See dealer for details. Call SNS Mechanical today. 
I have a secret to share with you. It's Greg from the three-time Best of Southern Utah award-winning Gold Ore Store. Recently, a mega-rich Texas billionaire decided to buy $50 million worth of silver coins. And over half the funds are buying U.S. Treasury-minted American Silver Eagles, which equals 900,000 coins. And this is just the beginning, folks. Word is the next purchase will be a half a billion dollars. This huge purchase volume has already put tremendous pressure against the entire precious metals industry. As here's the secret folks. Several of the major private mints actually produce the coin planches used to make the Silver Eagles. It figures the government creates nothing but discord and huge mountains of debt. Buy silver now before the billionaires literally steal it out from underneath all of us. Gold Ore Store, your trusted partner in all things precious metal. We buy and sell gold, silver, and so much more. Gold Ore Store, 435-703-9119. That's 435-703-9119. Are you ready to get amped about water conservation? Most landscapes are dormant in winter and can survive on one irrigation day a week or less. So dial back the irrigation clock and clock on, Washington County. Learn more at WCWCD.org. That's WCWCD.org. We thought about hiring one of those company spokesmen to get on the radio and tell you about how this will change your life and call today for a once in a lifetime opportunity. But is that really what you want? Don't you just want answers to the things that are troubling you and for those answers to actually be true? People laughed when we told them 53 seconds could change your life. Let me be more clear. The change in your life is going to take some time. If someone tells you they can do it in a day, I would be very suspicious. However, Calling us is the first step to dealing with stress, depression, unsatisfied relationships, confidence issues, and many of the other effects of ED. And it actually does take less than 53 seconds to get an appointment. So stop waiting. Stop beating yourself up. Stop worrying about it being too good to be true. Is there a chance it might not work? Yes, but only 15%, which means there's an 85% chance your life will really change. 85%. Think about that. Call Prolong Medical Center in St. George at 375 375- 5,000. 375. 5,000. The Kate Nelly Show is brought to you by Aragosta Restaurant. You don't need to go to Vegas to experience five-star dining. Visit Aragosta Restaurant right here in St. George and see why they were voted best in Southern Utah. Now three years in a row, Chef Amy invites you to make your reservation today and treat yourself to fine dining at Aragosta Restaurant. The show today is pre-recorded from July of 2022. Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. About the world outside. With hungry hearts through the heat and cold. We never much thought we could get very old. We thought we could sit. Chances 
from white It was all that easy to tell wrong from right And our choices, they were few So the thought never hit At the one road we traveled We have a shattered or split Interesting lyrics coming from Bob Dylan. Comparatively to Shelter uh, from the Storm, vastly different. Maybe he wrote Bob Dylan's Dream, but I doubt he, he wrote, as he talked about, really sort of memorializing the past and talking about choices they made when it was a long time ago when it was easy to tell wrong from right. And then you get into Shelter from the Storm, okay, and it's Twas in another lifetime, one of toil and blood, when blackness was a virtue, the road was full of mud. I came in from the wilderness, a creature void of form. Come in, she said, I'll give you shelter from the storm. Doesn't really sound like Bob Dylan's dream, does it, as much? Anyway, just thought I'd put that out there. Now look, there's only a couple more things I want to say, and then I'm going to take some phone calls. But I really want to say this. You go back to the 60s, and it's kind of amazing that men all over the country were being drafted, but for some reason, our musical icons <laughs> of the Woodstock generation weren't drafted. Why is that? Hmm. It was just mere luck that kept all the uh, Laurel Canyon stars out of jail and out of the draft. How did they evade both in the 1960s? Did the establishment make it so? It's something to think about. Did Bob Dylan write all of his own music? I don't think so. I think there's enough proof in plagiarism charges and from other musicians that sort of outs that. He can't even say how he even wrote his own music. That's a problem. And a real... A real-life, grassroots, cultural revolution takes a lot more time, right, and involves a lot more starving musicians that are not fully funded with fantastic, with fantastic instruments. Usually it's playing tiny coffee shops. They have to drive, they had to drive their albums around the country. And this one, like, uh, especially like... Uh, well, Buffalo Springfield, for example, right away, just bam, right on TV. Every TV show known to man. Andy Williams, um, Della Reese, right? All the shows, all the shows. Joey Bishop's late night talk show. They hit the circuit really fast. That should be something that you sh we should all be looking at. Well, wait a minute. How does that even happen? And all of these indis independent artists... We're on the same page of this change all at one time. Jim Morrison's father was an admiral. A lot of the people in this movement of these artists were raised in Maryland and Virginia, and their parents were high up the food chain in military intelligence. That is something that needs to be talked about a little bit more. And all of these, these faces of these people in this movement, I mean, nothing adds up when you really start to take it apart. Z 
Zappa, all of them. Zappa was given a house that that could house a lot of people's huge house in Laurel Canyon. A lot of the stars were sent under his direction to stay there. There's just a lot there to talk about. And I think it was way more coerced and manipulated than we want to conceive because we want to think that this movement just happened overnight, like a miracle, <laughs> like a Christmas miracle of change. And then, of course, change at that point, it's so um, um, driven by, by wealth, by the people that actually run this world. It's kind of interesting. Change actually brings a lot of profit. You're consistently buying and having to go into the change. Look at us right now. We change products out. We're, we're always, always, always changing. They wanted that change, and they wanted to hit it hard. And this was the group to do it. And they had the media behind them. So if you wanted to make somebody a star, it wasn't that hard. Okay, let me take a caller. Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. Yeah, just a moment. I'm sorry to put you off. Okay. Okay, uh, anyway, I've got you on speaker. I'm trying to get you off. Okay, you're fine. Uh, anyway, hey, uh, one of the... Okay, you just cut out. You're missing. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Oh, uh, you keep cutting out. Well... Darn it. Sorry, I'll call back. Okay, thanks. I can't hear anything he's saying. Darn it. Um, But uh, I don't want to rain on anybody's parade, but, you know, Jim Morrison's father was served as the commander of the ship involved in the Gulf of Tonkin, right? (laughs) That was a very big false flag event. Just throwing that out there. Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. Hi. Um, Hi. I heard an interview. Oops, I better get out of here. Yep, better hurry. Sorry. Um, I heard a time when Bob Dylan was interviewed, and he made reference uh, to satanic influence. Mm -hmm. And I heard other musicians, and in fact, he he wouldn't come out and say Satan. Right. Uh, It influences stuff but he called him the commander yeah i'll play that here we go here we go here we go why do you still do why are you still out here well it goes back to the destiny thing i made a bargain with it you know a long time ago and i'm holding up my hand what was your bargain to get where um i am now should I ask who you made the bargain with? <laughs> with, 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 you know, with the chief, uh, chief commander on this earth, <laughs> and on this earth, and then, uh, and then in a world we can't see. Yeah, most people, most people just say God <laughs> when they're talking about God. They don't play that many games. <sighs> Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. I did on speaker before. Go Sorry ahead. about that. That's I was okay. driving, so I pulled over. Okay, that's okay. Go ahead. In. Go and ahead. You're naming a lot of names, but one you're missing, who is a major operator in MK Ultra, mm-hmm. was Chris Christopherson. Oh my gosh! Yes, I actually talked about him last time I did um, Laurel Canyon. But yes, 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 Chris Christopherson. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you wrote some beautiful stuff. Uh I was amazing. And you were like, how did a guy who did all these, Mm -hmm. it just, wait a second. It's just too much there. Yep. Yep, and same with Dennis the story Wilson. Doesn't match that one person could do all that. Yeah, yeah. Dennis and then walk away from that part and then go into the music industry and then the movie industry and everything line up. Uh huh. I know. 
It's uh, it's very bizarre. Thank you so much. In fact, there's so many names you could actually go to. Um, of course, Dennis Wilson, Beach Boys. They say this is why he fell so hard into drugs. Um, also, uh, Frank Sinatra. Also, um, gosh, David Crosby. Very big. This is why he's always getting awards by the uh, you know the presidential awards, the whatever awards he gets. I, it's it's because he and Grateful Dead as well. People don't realize that that came out to the Grateful Dead um, CIA backed anyway okay caller go ahead hey Kate hey um, go right ahead fascinating just just a couple of thoughts okay you know I I'm not a product of the 60s thank mm-hmm. the Lord mm-hmm. um, I hate their I hate the music <laughs> yeah really <laughs> I like it Beatles, not a fan of Dylan mm-hmm. but um, isn't it interesting if possibly why is because it's so uh, manipulated yes so, if you're if what you're saying is right that it was literally a propaganda tool covertly to Drig, you know, get mm-hmm. going the sexual revolution. Mm-hmm. So um, that answers a lot of questions. But um, anyway, just some really, really awesome thoughts and thanks for the program. Too. Thank you. You betcha. Hoping to have a little fun on a Friday. Um, listen to this again, Bob Dylan, and I'll take some more calls. Outside raging, we'll soon shake your windows and rattle your the change that's coming. Oh, the times they are changing. Listen to the lyrics. The mothers and fathers throughout the land. And don't criticize what you can't understand. Don't criticize your sons it? and your daughters are beyond your command. Your old road is rapidly aging. Please get out of the new one if you can't lend your hand. Oh, the shows a whole new light of that song am i right it's like a whole new ooh, ouch my gosh don't criticize what you don't understand your kids aren't under your command what (laughs) who writes that i mean don't you guys remember the 50s when the lyrics were not that That's what I'm talking about is the whole 60s. I think it was extremely manipulated with its lyrics to create this monster revolution, the Rolling Stone down the hill that nobody would be able to stop. Go ahead, caller. Make it quick. Um, you got brought up the music today. You couple that with what I've been learning about Hollywood and this transgenderism. You can't watch anything anymore without new eyes and going, my God. I know. Everybody you're watching you think is a woman, is a man. Yeah. Seriously. And in Congress, one site showed all these congresswomen. Right. Historically, from Bella Abza gone down. They're all men. Yeah. Satan has worked us very well. Yep. Yep. Thank you for that. And you know what? It's just, it's seeing it with a different lens. When you start to look at all their lyrics, read the Jim Morrison lyrics. It's really scary because it talks about being controlled as an artist. Read Jim Morrison lyrics. Read those lyrics from the 60s. Compare them to the 50s lyrics. You'll be blown away. I did this and I started looking at it in such a different light when I started realizing how much of it was so contrived. The David Crosby's, the Frank Zappa's, all of these people in this movement. Um, it's that part really, I, I was, I was actually shocked. I was actually shocked. I don't get shocked easy. 
um, Jack Nicholson. Think about all the people in the headlines that get the most headlines. Stephen Stills, product of another career military family. I'm not saying all military families that I, I immediately point a finger at, but a lot of these people were raised in the same area and then went to Laurel Canyon and had equipment overnight. Lookout Mountain is there as well. Go look up Lookout Mountain. A lot of stories behind Lookout Mountain. A lot of things might have been created there, and stars had um, special clearance to get in there, celebrities, musicians, to film things and do things inside Lookout Mountain, which was at, in Laurel Canyon. Um, military as well was also there. And uh, a lot of things were filmed there. But Stephen Stills' um, name comes up, David Crosby's name, um, Jackson Brown's name. And a lot of the people that were um, part of these um, uh, high up the food chain intelligence families. There's a difference being, being in a military family or having parents that are high up the food chain in intelligence. A lot of times they like to keep that in the family. It's really bizarre. But go read some Jim Morrison lyrics today because that was a little mind-blowing, to tell you the truth. He says a lot of things in those lyrics, and they all do. The lyrics got very different, and I do think they came very contrived and, and manipulated. And, uh, and I do think Bob Dylan's a fraud. I really do. And a lot of artists think he is as well. So I'm not the only one. You're not the only one. There's a lot of people that have said that through the years. And there's a lot more evidence that does not explain the career evolution. Always look at the evolution. Does it make sense? Does somebody's career make sense? Do they end up, you know, as somebody, as a spokesperson or a popular talk show host or whatever, does it make sense how they got there? Can you show that story? And in a lot of cases, you can't. And when you can't, but they're a well-funded machine, you, I, I, I usually get suspicious at that point. So usually it's either very logical or it's not <laughs> right in anything, any, any career I'm talking when you, when you're in front of people and you're directing the right or the left or whatever, look at both sides and look at, you can kind of find out who's a little bit more controlled. Be faithful, be fearless. Hope you enjoyed today's program and go to Kate. The kids are adults now, but you still want to help them prepare for